Hello and welcome to 646. My name's Dawson McManus and we got Matt Greco in the studio with us today. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing pretty good. All right, cool. Beautiful day. It is. It's a very nice day outside. Um, unfortunately, I'm... Uh, for anybody that listened to the last episode, um, that was recorded yesterday. So my cough has not left in less than 24 hours. So I apologize. I'm going to be turning away from the mic a whole lot. So. <laughs> look, look away. I know. Don't look at me. <laughs> Uh, Matt Greco is a professional drummer, plays with a shit ton of bands all around, uh, basically Ontario, really, and you're almost constantly touring, and or it seems that way. I'm getting there. Yeah. Uh, I set a goal last year that I was trying to up my uh, my touring game, so I was like, I'm going to go on the road with as many people that'll have me. So right. that was a, and, and it worked out for the most part. I got to go east. And west, so it was a it was a fun time. How far east did you get? I went to PEI. It was the farthest east. I still haven't uh, of uh, all I've done with in Canada, either living or traveling with music. I've got to go to most of Canada. Yeah, um, including the Yukon. The only places that I have to I haven't checked off my list are uh, the Northwest Territories, Nunavut, and. Um, Labrador, uh, Newfoundland. So. Right, like all the coldest fucking places in the country. Yeah, basically. Like, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I have some friends that go like, why don't you come, you know, don't, you should come to Yellowknife or whatever. Sure. And I'm like, yeah, there's there's really cool festivals there. So I'm hoping yeah. to check it off my list one of these years and yeah. stuff. But yeah, I, I got to go east to PEI, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, all that stuff twice. And I got to go yeah. in like uh, July or June and then August. <clears throat> it was great. That's awesome. Mm. I've yet to go east. I've been pretty far, well, I've, I've gone as far west as you can go, um, point no point on uh, Vancouver Island, and that's that's the end of the world, man. Yeah. Kind of. Well, I mean, if you're a flat earther, I guess it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I know. I won't bring that shit up. <laughs> I, used to, I used to live there. Like, when I was a kid, that was my, that's how I got to the island, was like, we really? moved out there um, from from Toronto. Or we had, uh, when I was younger, my, uh, my mom remarried, we went down to the States for a little bit, and then we went out to BC and stayed with some friends in Vancouver, and then I was on the island for a number of years. It was like Victoria, Nanaimo, uh, Powell River, Gabriel Island, Lund. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I then, can't believe we've never talked about that. I've known you for quite a few years, and we've never talked about this before. I used to live in Ladysmith. Oh wow, that's crazy! Yeah. Uh, my uh, my, uh, uh, my one of my mom's boyfriends had a had a restaurant in Ladysmith. Uh, really? I think it was called the the old mill or the old the, oh. or the sawmill or something like that. Or... Um. Oh shit! I can't remember off the top of my head. I would ha- I would have to ask my mom because she's in Victoria now. Uh, she probably still remembers it. Um. We could see food out there. Oh yeah, it was, and it was like a whole other world. Now that I yeah. when we came back to Ontario, and uh, I got to take a train, out, which is a beautiful way to see the country, mm-hmm. and I got to see take a train out there. But we drove back, and that was another beautiful nice. way to t- see the country because it was my brother and I in a station wagon <laughs> and looking out the back window and just watching like the prairies go by. And then years That's later, cool. when I got back in a van and toured uh with a band to do it i was like this brought back so many of those kind of memories and it's just i was like this is all in your own backyard now granted it's a big backyard and even just getting out of ontario uh is a big is a big deal but it's quite um, a few hours but once you're once you're out there it's like you can just coast yeah it's great yeah yeah shit potentially if you've got cruise control and yeah, yeah. good alignment you could fall asleep in the prairies yeah <laughs> it's the kind of place you can watch your dog run away for three days yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh man um so something that i've been asking pretty well everybody um 
what was the first creative thing that you saw? Not necessarily that you made or were even a part of, but say a painting or a song that you heard or um, stand-up comedy or a book or something like that. Do you have something that kind of grabbed you really hard? Because one of them for me is the cover of Bad Out of Hell by Meatloaf. I remember looking at it and being like, I shouldn't be looking at this. I'll get, <laughs> I'll get in trouble. Yeah. Like, it's really demonic looking and it says hell right on it <laughs> now I was uh, surprised when I finally listened to it but yeah so do you have because for me that's one of the two that are totally front and center for me there is one other one but I, I'm thinking that yeah I mean there was well I came from a pretty uh, luckily I came from a pretty uh, not overall artistic, but a mm. very music-loving family. So yeah. my mom uh, had an amazing record collection. Nice. Uh, when I, I was going to concerts at a very young age. Now, those concerts weren't like, you know, uh, ACDC or anything like sure. that. But it was like Raffi. And they were kid shows. Yeah. But, uh, but live performance was was a big thing. But I, I distinctly remember coming home or we had... Um, when we moved back to Ontario, I was looking through my mom's record collection and I saw like a, I know this is going to sound so weird, but it was like a cover of Frampton comes alive. Oh, cool. And it was just like, you know, just the shot of his head and it's a, it's a double, you know, when you unfold it, the whole yeah. thing is of him standing there. But I remember seeing that and I was like, what is that? And my mom's like, right. you know what that is. And I was just like, no. And she's just like, it's Frampton comes alive. Like, <laughs> you know, and then, and then I was just like, ah, like, and it just sort of reopened up a, uh, a whole new world. I started going through my mom's records and stuff like that. I, I mean, I was, it was preteen then. So I would have been about 10 or uh, 10 or 11. I think, yeah. um, before that I had gone through my grandparents' record collections and stuff like okay. that. I was just very curious about so many different styles of, of music. Yeah. Um, and one of them being a uh, big band or, uh, like, um, guys like, uh, Benny Goodman and, uh, oh, and, uh, yeah, like I was, I was way into horns and, and, yeah. and, you know, how you could have like 20 people on stage and, yeah. but the music Music they made was just insane, and I was a little bit weird, I guess, for that. When sure. a lot of my other friends, I still listen to top top forty stuff. I was a huge Corey Hart fan. <laughs> no shame, I don't even care. I used, I used, to, I used to get my hair cut like him. Did you, you know? Really? Oh yeah, I did a nice. lip sync contest once upon a time when I was a kid for Corey That's Hart. It was wicked. But but yeah, when I and then I would go home and I would listen to like you know Glenn Miller Orchestra and like yeah. Frank Sinatra who had. Such an amazing band oh, and like Sammy Kahn yeah. and all, you know, all the, right, yeah. right. Tony Bennett. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. So I loved all that stuff, but <laughs> I think my, the one cat, one of the catalysts definitely, it's funny that you mentioned an album cover was, was yeah, the Frampton Comes Alive one. I'm like, <laughs> it could have been anything, but yeah. that one just, it was so striking, I think at the time. And then, sure. And the other weird ones, I mean, in the sixties and seventies, like album art and stuff was so oh. much more varied and, and you know and, yeah. and it still is but now it's it's got it's got to a different level i think there, mm. there, it goes through the same kind of the trends mm. but back then it was like when you had a record you held it in your hand it was tangible and people put them on their walls and it was like absolutely you read yeah. all the liner notes read all totally. the lyrics headphones on possibly sitting in the dark yeah 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 you know and just letting it take you away yeah rolling stones had like a working zipper on yeah, the, you know right. um yeah. uh thick as a brick was it thick as a brick had a <laughs> had a newspaper inside of it there were so many examples of yeah. people taking it to the next level with uh with album art and stuff like that so yeah yeah but yeah. that that kind of uh yeah it, it grabbed me i think and then yeah that's sweet how mm -hmm. long was it until you decided you wanted to try to play something 
Uh, well, I had kind of, we had a couple instruments in the house and stuff like okay. that, but it was like uh, a balalaika, like I think was one of them, which is like a three-stringed, uh, like triangular oh. shaped uh, yes. instrument. I know what you're talking about. And okay. I, and my grandparents brought it back from like a cruise that they went on. They went on a, like a Norwegian cruise or something like that. And I, it would hang on the wall. And I was like, well, it's got strings on it and I'm going to mess around with it. And I wrote sure. songs. I didn't have a pick. So I played with like um, inside two liter bottles. They used to have these little plastic. Yep. I took one of those because it was like soft, but a little bit pliable yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. or, or a little bit stiff and then used to yeah. use that and they used to perform. have them in the, in the coke and pepsi to win yeah that's right yeah those things yeah so yeah, i used totally. to use that and just write songs and I, awesome. it didn't have it tuned but i would just have it i was like well it's it's chords or something like that like yeah just, yeah and that was and i didn't want to play i had no real interest in guitar per se or anything like that later on i ended up joining the the stage band and i got into um playing trombone that was oh, like cool. my main my main acts as it were and i really took it seriously like it was like i thought i was gonna go places with it i was just like was you that know, in I, high school then yeah yeah okay. yeah and uh well i guess grade eight was when i first really um first really did it Ugh. Sorry. No, Keep no, going. No, I'm no, listening, no. man. No, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So, and it was one of those uh, deals where we went into the music class or we had a music uh, class, I guess. Yeah. In, yeah. in, in grade eight. And they, uh, they had different mouthpieces that they would send around right, and you'd right. uh, try and see what you could make a sound with right. to see if you had a natural ability. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I couldn't really get any of the reeds. I could yeah. make squawks and that kind of stuff, but it wasn't enough to really do it. Flute. I could, I had an okay embouchure for that. Right. Um, but trumpet with my lips were, I think too big for it, or I just didn't get the, I didn't get it right away. But right. trombone, I like, I had such a natural sound. Yeah. Slightly bigger embouchure. Yeah. 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 Just lent itself to what you were totally capable of instinctually. Yeah. Oh, and that's th- cool, man. And then we went and then, yeah. So I took it really seriously. It was like, I had to rent, uh, you know, already buy, um, or you lease like uh, a trombone from, from some school program, from some music yeah, store yeah. or whatever. So we did that. Which I'm sure, I mean, my mom, again, like fostered all of this. Like she yeah. was never like, uh, <laughs> no, you can't do that or whatever. It was just like, you know, you want to do this. I will, I will make sure that, uh, you know, you that it happens. Yeah. My mom was a big supporter of anything musically that I wanted to do. Any, uh, I mean, yeah, it was never, yeah, it was never a question. It was mm. always just like, you know, as long as it wasn't like super expensive, we didn't have like tons of money to throw at something like sure. that, but within mm. reason she would. She would uh, foster that. So it was great. And then, uh, so then I got into, you know, doing trombone and just learning the basics of that until I got to high school. And then, uh, and then I started just being like jazz band, concert band. I did everything. One year I, I was a bit of a badass and I, uh, I had a, I had a, (laughs) I had a vice principal be like, well, uh, you know, we're dropping this class because you're attendance. Any other classes you feel like dropping? I'm like, yeah. So I was like, I pointed it out the rest on the schedule. And and that year, that one year, and this is at uh, LCBI, Lindsay Collegiate and Vocational Institute. <laughs> and, <laughs> I uh, I would have my, my homeroom class, which was music. <coughs> and then I would have a spare for the rest of the day. And I would just sit in the music room and play with wow. other bands, like other grades, their music programs. And I would either play... Um, trombone, uh, and it was around this time that I started switching to drums. Like that, right. I started. I I always wanted to do it. It was one of those. I I think I willed it into existence. Sure. I didn't have any formal training. Mm. I just wanted to do it really badly, and to the point where I lie not lie, but I told people I knew how to play the drums. Right. And then one day it was just like, okay, well, show us what you can do. And I was like, ah. yeah. <laughs> I I didn't Uh-oh. think you'd call me. <laughs> you know. I was like, what? And then I sat down and I um. 
I just started playing a beat and I was like, it was like one of those like, okay, rationally, like in your head, just, and my limbs just started doing it, you know, like it was yeah. really kind of like, ha, I told yeah. you like, you know, and then, nice. and then from there I had to like back it up. But, um, but yeah, trombone, trombone was what I thought I was like first, tr- I got to be like first trombone. I started nice. doing like solos. So I really got a sense for, I think other people just didn't want to have the spotlight. And I was sure. like, I didn't, I didn't understand it. Not that I was a spotlight, a hog or anything like sure. that. But I was like, you know that you're going to have to perform at some point. Like, you can't just yeah. sit in a... Well, I mean, you could theoretically be in a classroom. But what's what's the... You know, I, you yeah. want to be outperforming for yeah. people. Yeah, well, it's a performance or, art. It, exactly. You might as well perform it. Right, yeah. Right? So if people, you're going to practice, you're going to work hard. I find very little sense in being the greatest player no one's ever heard. Totally. Well, know? I mean, unless you're going to be in a studio or, or you know, that kind well, of sure, thing. sure, but then no. people are still going to hear what you produce. True, Because yeah. it's going to be recorded and it'll be distributed and you're still getting your work out there as opposed to just, oh, no, no, this is only for me. Like, I mean, I, in a way, I guess I kind of see it if it's... No, never mind. I don't get that <laughs> at all. I don't understand it. I was trying to be diplomatic, but no. Yeah. It just, that confuses the shit out of me. And not yeah. that I think there's anything necessarily wrong with it. No. I just find that very strange that there are a lot of people that refuse to play in front of people, even when they are good. It's yeah. Like, what the, why though? Yeah. Why? And I how good you are. And I, it amazes me. I don't see it. I know a lot of people, or I've met a couple of musicians uh, that have wicked stage fright and they still, they've battled with it and they yeah. still go out there, get out there and perform. Yeah. And it was just like, you'd never know because I, I've talked to them. I'm like, that was an awesome, you know, and then they've taken me aside and been like, I actually have like really bad stage fright. And it's something that, wow. and it's a foreign concept to me, uh, but I can understand it in other people and stuff. Yeah. But I just, um, I didn't, and different people have combated it with different ways. Sure. Like uh, Leroy Moore from uh, from the Dave Matthews band. He's yeah, wearing sunglasses yeah. famously, that, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. And I was like, and you're playing in front of like, I played in front of some crowds. Mm. But when you're playing in front of like 80,000 people or something like that, yeah. it was like, uh, you know. And yeah, when you're doing like live at Red Rock or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. like that, yeah. So I used to grow my hair super long because when it... I, when I first started playing shows, I did have a little bit of stage fright. I don't know if it was so much being afraid. I was, I had a lot of anxiety because I was not one of the quote unquote cool kids growing up. You know, I was kind of a tool, which I mean, <laughs> I guess not a lot's changed. I just learned how to focus it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I used to grow my hair super long so that I couldn't make eye contact with people and stuff. And for a long time, I preferred really, really harsh lighting so that I, I couldn't see oh. people like, and, and then as it grew, it became a little bit easier, but I still prefer a massive audience to a small one because if all the faces sort of blend together, you don't have to be intimate and make eye contact with somebody. It's just a sea of people. And you know, if you play well, they're going to applaud at the end. And then you get that like, oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't wasted my life. Thank you. Clap again. Clap again. <laughs> they like me. Yeah. They really like me. <laughs> Just like yeah. Sally Fields and shit. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. 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 Um, did you have a problem with that? Like ever? Or uh, just uh, getting, uh, being afraid of the audience or not afraid, but I mean, not not afraid, but anxious or nervous at all. Well, as, okay. So when I was talking about like playing trombone and stuff like Mm. that, that was where I first really felt, uh, I had a moment where we were playing at the Academy theater in Lindsay and it was like, Mm. it was, I can't remember if it was just a school thing that we were, a school concert that we were doing or Kiwanis or one of those kind of like music things. 
But I remember at one point it was just like, you've got to take a solo on this thing. And I was just like, I'm in a theater. And I was like, I'd played in front of like the school. Like I played sure. at, uh, you know, band concerts kids, in the gym, in the gym or whatever, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. And half of them are, are like, yay. And half of them are just like, I'm like, at least I'm not in math class or yeah. something like that. You know, so it's a mixed audience and, and good. You know, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, and the ones that weren't skipping anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pardon me. But, uh, I remember this feeling of being like, yeah, like, like I'm, here's my moment to shine, yeah, you know? And then sure. I was like, and then I was quickly followed up with don't blow it. Like, don't, you know? Yeah. Um, and um, I was like, my mom, my mom was there and st- and it was just like, I was like, this is cool. But mm-hmm. the, all the different thoughts I was really processing, like what was going through my head at the time, it was just like, you're looking at the sheet music, you're playing, you know the part, and then it's just like one, two, and then you're going. Mm-hmm. And I was, I don't even remember if I, what I played made any sense because it was a free form solo and stuff. Sure. And it was just, you know, and you're just, you've got these so many bars to just rip it. Yep. And then you're back into the thing. And I was yeah. the safety of the band. And yeah. <laughs> you know. All right, guys, we're uh, coming up to the end of that 16 bars. Please catch me. And, and I liked it. Because, I mean, I didn't take those kind of, I, I kind of felt, there was, sorry, let me start again. There were people that really had a, be, a better handle on on their theory. Sure. We had like a trumpet player in that band, I think that year, that was just, uh, just insane. And he, and he had his, his, his fingers and his mouth were in, you know, wicked communication with one another and just, sure. it was amazing. Never had to worry about him. And I always approached, I liked that feeling of being slightly on the edge where I had the theory of like, I know what notes I'm going to play, but I was like, you can do bends, you can get creative with it. It doesn't, right. you know, you don't, I don't want it to be just a standard, like, you know, on yeah. the beat solo. It was like a chance to really like play around with it and sure. have it be a little bit loose. And I was like, I liked that freedom because it was like, and it's carried with me today. Like yeah. I see some people get worried about like, there's certain things you can blow in a live performance and have it be all right. Yeah. There's, sure. you know, uh, but people will be like, oh, you know, they get really down and I'm like, Man, no one, no one is going to remember those kind of yeah. things. And that's remember I, I, I was thinking that when I was on stage and I was like, I hope that was good. And I was right. like, eh. it was a moment in time that passed. Like you can't, you can't yeah. take it back. Yeah. And I would have people come up and be like, that was really good. Like, you know, and stuff. So I was like, cool. And I, I took that kind of stuff seriously for a while. So I was, I was way into competitions. Uh, Like we would, our school would go to other, other cities and and compete and you get judged. Looking back, I, I, I think it's a weird, uh, not, not bad. Just, it's an odd process to go through. I think for high school kids, I think a lot of high school kids, especially, or especially in those years start getting like kind of competitive. Mm -hmm. There's like a, you know, it's like, we have to be better, not just, uh, than one another, but like other schools. And there's that kind of like rivalry, which is, which is fun, but some people take it. (laughs) A more seriously, seriously than others yeah. and also the feedback that you get it's kind of weird because you can get a judge that's heard like six other bands before you and just isn't feeling it and that and then yeah. they're you know they're trying to be constructive but sometimes it's just like i think some of them just phone it in or whatever sure it's hard i don't envy them anyway i, I yeah. don't think i i don't know that i'd be a good judge for for anything like i would yeah. listen and, and offer feedback but when you're rating something out of 10 or something like that it's like that's uh, a hard thing to do yeah yeah mm. yeah so i i I love doing that kind of stuff. Mm. And then, but around, around that time I started switching to drums and stuff like that too. Right. So, but now was that because you'd heard other drummers that you're like, Holy shit, listen to that. Yeah. Like, uh, and that could stretch to famous drummers as well. Not just peers. No, no. Uh, yeah. Um, I really, I don't know. It started catching my ear more than anything else. Like right. I, I started listening to the drums in songs and in performances yeah. more than any other instrument. And sure. I would go to concerts and 
I, saw, I, I was a concert addict. My mom, that was another yeah. thing that my mom totally supported was like, I didn't, after a while I didn't get things like an allowance or whatever like that. But anytime I wanted to go to a show, I would go to my mom and be like, Hey, I'd like to, and she would, you know, how much are tickets? And back then I say back then, <laughs> but I mean, you could go by Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster had an outlet in Oshawa and tickets to shows. Like I went and saw like Nirvana for, for like 20 bucks or something. You know what I mean? Like at, at, at Maple Leaf Gardens. No, I know. I'm Don't not. take this wrong with no. me. Fuck <laughs> you, I know. Man. And I'm not even trying to name drop. No, but no, but that's, that was... that's amazing. Well, shit. I mean, yesterday because... Jane was here. It'll be last week for everybody else. But she was talking about seeing Hendrix when she was 16 for like, I, she didn't say how much it cost, but I can't imagine it was a whole lot of money. No. And like, I was just like, hmm, that's awesome. No, like, and it, it, that is amazing. But at the same time, this weird part of me, anytime someone's <laughs> seen like one of my favorite bands, I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> and at the time, yeah. uh, at the time, none of the future after like what became of that band wasn't on anyone's kind of radar. Mm. Right. So it was just, Oh, this band is coming to town. Let's go see them. Right. Like you would any other band. And it wasn't until like a few months later, like this was 90, it was November of 93. And then in, so the next year was when, or like only eight months later or something like that, Kurt Cobain had, had been found, you know, so that hadn't happened yet. So, and this concert was just, it was like 20 bucks, but it was like Nirvana, the boredoms, um, what uh, the meat puppets? Oh shit! Really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that kind of makes sense because the meat puppets played with them on uh, Unplugged in New York. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. this was the um, the in utero uh, tour. So and right. they had Pat Smear on guitar. Yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah. So, this anyway. is when they were starting to pat out the roster. Yeah, of yeah, players yeah. In the band, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, so I would go and anyway, yeah, I've had this conversation with my mom too. When I look at the concerts that she went to in Toronto, uh, and I was like, "You paid three dollars to see Led Zeppelin? That's amazing!" Like, <laughs> oh my god! And, and no one, no yeah. one had heard of Led Zeppelin sure. really, or they hadn't really broke yet. Like they were yeah, just they were yeah. playing in Toronto at the I think it was like the Rock Pile for something like that. Right. And you want to look at the ticket stub, you're like two dollars and fifty cents, really. Even yeah. with inflation, today's money, I think that works out to like sixteen, seventeen bucks. <laughs> and there's no way you could do that no. like today. Right. But Jesus, you can hardly go see like a considerably smaller act. Like mm-hmm. I mean, on like fame level, mm-hmm. smaller act. You know, like that's that's crazy. Totally. That's amazing. So yeah, so uh, my uh, what I can't remember what. It, oh yeah, oh, you got the drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I started <laughs> I started listening more, and I would go to shows, and I right. would just watch the drummer, and 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 just lo- like try to look at what he was doing. A couple a couple times, right. you you'd lock eyes, and it'd just be like a. Like, hey or, kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, exactly. I got you now. Uh, a band once played in our high school, uh, again in, in Lindsay, and uh, the drummer dropped a stick and very quickly recovered. But I remember him, like, you know, uh, and he looked, and we our eyes met for a moment, and then he just kind of like smiled, and it was just kind of like, You saw that, didn't you? And, you know, and I was yeah. like, I saw that, like, yeah, you know, yeah. but it was, you know, I uh, and I love, you know people will go and see musicians and be like, oh, you know, the lead singer looked at me when he sang this, thing, you know, and it's that kind of connection. Yeah, and they, yeah. de- they definitely, people do do that. It's it's an important technique for a front person or a band yeah. to like make the connection to the audience. But yeah, they also yeah. have, I also now know that there's like tricks around that where you can kind of yeah. like look over the audience a certain, you know, and it yeah. looks, it appears that you're, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. uh, it's showmanship, I get it. But yeah. when you play like a different city every night, some nights you may not want to have a connection to people, but you still can't let the audience audience know that or whatever yeah, right like it's yeah. part of your performance yeah, so. it's professionalism yeah 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 you can't <laughs> get up there being an asshole yeah like, it doesn't work that way so well i mean it shouldn't work that way right. some people still do but well 
I saw a few bands, I think, that, that I was part of their persona. and uh, Right, just know, that standoffish like, cold shoulder, yeah. I'm cool for school kind of shit. Or in the case of, like, I think the Headstone, like, Hugh, Hugh Dillon of the, is Hugh Dillon of the Headstones? Yeah, for a while, he has onstage persona and possibly offstage I don't know but I mean onstage persona was just this like hard ass he was like spitting into the crowd he was you know totally but it was like I'm like is that you know is a projection is that you know it's just you that's your image right it's like we're a hard ass band sure but I was like eh whatever so Yeah. yeah I started looking at I started watching watching drums, and then uh, when I said that I I, uh, I dropped out a bunch of courses and I just had music, uh, I would play trombone in the bands that they needed a, a stronger trombone player, and then they didn't have a drummer in one of the other junior bands oh, or whatever. Okay. So I started doing basic charts and just kind of working uh, working my way up. Right, and then uh, one day uh, I should also point out I had an amazing an amazing music teacher that nice. um, that changed like really changed my life like uh to this day like I, I can't think of like just started me down a path that right. i don't think i would have necessarily been in the same place i don't know True. but i definitely can trace it back to his involvement in in uh fostering a lot of things and there's a lot of good teachers out there and mm-hmm. a lot of them make connections to the students and and that's probably a dream of many teachers yeah uh, sometimes students don't know that they could use that and or they might not appreciate it but yeah I can definitely look at him uh, um, his name's uh, David Morrison he's now retired he retired a few years ago but he, he taught at, uh, at LCVI and then he later went to Weldon and uh, I was on the road uh, during his retirement party, so I wasn't able to actually oh. go and, and, and be there and, and tell him this in person. So I, I sent along a note to his wife, and, and apparently he, he got the message. But nice. he would, uh, he over lunch hour, he would hang out in the, in the music room, and he would play piano, wonderful piano player. And uh, I remember one time I would just sit, I went and sat at the drums, and I just played along with him. And then we were playing together and I was like, oh, he's not just like putting up with me. He's, right. he's feeding me and we're having like a musical conversation. Yeah. And then afterwards we talked about it and he's just like, you have, he's like, you have such a good ear for like improvisation. Like you feel where music is going. Mm-hmm. And to this day, that's, that's one of the things that I, that I try to strengthen more than any other aspect of my playing. I, yeah. I, I've accepted the fact that I'd probably, well, I work on it, but I mean, I'm not, my goal isn't to be the most technical, technical drummer sure. out there. I, I have rudimentary some training or chops, man. Sure. But I mean like my I don't wanna I don't wanna be a tech drummer as sure. such. There are some guys that can that I mean they'll play circles around me. Not that it's a competition. The, yeah, yeah. But, but like the Neil Peart's of the world yeah 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 and that's amazing and And, yeah but i was like i the biggest strength that i wanted to have is just the ability to like listen and kind of feel where a song's gonna go sometimes it and for the most part i've I've got a pretty good track record of it (laughs) there have been times where i was like i totally misread that ending amazing you know and it's like but if you don't take risks done that if i i I feel like if you don't take a chance like you might not hit that sweet spot right you know so and then the more you do it too i find anyway because i've i've done a lot of the same sort of thing is just you kind of go into a song almost blind oh yeah and you just kind of follow along what everybody else is doing and well shit um just on saturday when we were jamming Mm -hmm. at the blues jam um we were playing tunes that we've played together before but you were doing slightly different rhythmic things and i was like that's really cool. I'm going to jump on that. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. going to ride it with you. Cause that's, that's a neat wave. Let's take it. Totally. You know? And that kind of stuff is, uh, that's some of my favorite shit in the world. Like in that tune itself, it's not a particularly taxing song to no. play, but there's so much space to kind yeah. of do whatever you want with it. I totally agree. And, um, with that kind of music, 
it really pays dividends to be able to flow with people and kind of just um, the example I used earlier was waves. If you can hop one wave to the next, you can get a lot of work that way, yeah, which yeah. I mean, obviously you have. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I like that. And I like, I, I've learned to identify other musicians and when, and, and I, when, and when I talk to them about that, they all, we all, we all kind of have that notion of having a conversation with one another, yeah, very being able so. to like, even if you're not looking at one another body language, and especially with guys that you've been playing with, uh, for a while, you just know one another, yeah. you know where they're going to go. You don't, you barely have to talk. I learned that, uh, most recently playing with, uh, with Brandon Humphrey yeah. and, uh, and, and Rob, when we had the Lorewoods outfit, it got to a point where we'd been playing for so long that we just, we had the structure of the songs for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then there were, we started adding little elements of, of jamming kind of just going off script and just yeah. seeing where it went yeah, yeah. and it was cool because i mean if it's if no one's guiding it it can get a little messy but as long sure. as one person has an idea and the, and the rest of you support it and then you pass it's almost like passing the conch you yeah. know in yeah, like yeah, lord yeah. or whatever and lord of the flies lord of the yeah, flies yeah. you know that's, it's that that's cool. cool i was gonna say a relay race but i like the yeah. darkness yeah, of, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or or ba- <laughs> band leaders famously will yeah. point or you know nod or something yeah, like that sure. but i mean it's just kind of, i like the organic thing where it makes it look as if it's so it's happening by accident or spontaneous and, mm. it, and in its most cases it is but i love it it's it's nothing almost almost nothing gets me off so to speak better yeah. in, in music than those moments where you had no idea seemingly no idea but you all arrived at a musical idea together and just went with it and it and when you yeah. especially when you nail it when yeah. you come back in or you do a shot or something that's just like oh my god like you got that yeah i'm just like that like makes me high almost, you oh. know. For, yeah, it's yeah, like man. It was like, like you could butcher the rest of the song, but I had that moment. Yeah. No, don't butcher the rest of the song, but, <laughs> but yeah, try, yeah, try not to, <laughs> just for the audience' sake. But, yeah, but I mean, um, it was, and we've even joked about it. We were just like, we blew an ending or something like that. It was like, yeah, but that middle part though, right? Like, and it was just, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, yeah for sure, totally. Yeah. So I, I, uh, those, those things are my, my happy place or yeah. whatever. So. Oh man, I totally feel what you're saying. I mean, I've experienced those moments with you, uh, more so recently, <coughs> pardon me, recently, because we didn't really start playing together regularly Last, yeah. up until about a year ago. Year and a half? Yeah. 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 yeah maybe a year and a, yeah, that sounds more accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we had jammed together a few times prior to that and yeah. it was like oh cool this dude can fucking play yeah. let's do it nice nice and then you know like you were saying the more time you spend with somebody the more you have this communication with them you mm-hmm. get your ebb and flow going it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna lay down this idea i'm gonna let you listen and now you lay that idea another idea on or we'll take this in the same kind of direction or, or whatever and I, I love those moments and i was kind of you know what? It might have been off mic, but I touched on this with Jane too. Is the really weird um, expediency? <coughs> pardon me. <coughs> How weird the expediency is of gaining um, a rapport with somebody when you play with them. Just how fast you're like. You you can almost know right away. It's like yeah, we're gonna be cool. We're gonna be we're gonna yeah. be friends. This is gonna be pretty easy to get along totally or it could be vice versa you play with somebody and they just refuse to follow anything you're doing you're like yeah i I mean you can kind of play yeah this probably isn't gonna go anywhere you know it's that first date kind of thing it's like do we kiss at the end of the night no no Eh, yeah well i mean i probably won't give you the domino's pizza number (laughs) but i'm gonna give you my email address instead of my phone number (laughs) right yeah yeah totally 
<laughs> and yeah, I've I've been around thanks to things like yeah, any kind of thing like the like the blues jams, anything where yeah. there's a lot of musicians. And I'm not using that blues jam to to illustrate this point that I'm about to make, but right. anything where you've got tons of musicians at at, at an event and you 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 get to learn pretty quickly yeah, who, yeah. who you gel with and who yeah. you don't. And, and it's not that even like your enemies or anything like that, no, but it's no, just no. like some people just gravitate to one another yeah. easier or, yeah. and I've been pleasantly surprised. There's been people that have been standoffish uh, and I've been like, Oh, I don't think this person likes me at all. And then I played with them and they've opened right up. So yeah. sometimes it, I mean, it's such a, the, the music is, is one part of one aspect of it, but the personality is, is a, is oh, a yeah. whole other That's level thing, two. you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and learning how to navigate that guy. And I've had guys that were just like, oh man, you've got amazing chops. Why do you have to be such an asshole? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Or something like that. I'd be like, oh, you were so perfect except for your personality. Like, it's like. That's such a drag when that happens. Yeah. Right? And you're like, really? Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want it to be that way because you're too good to be this shitty of a human being yeah but uh, those are unfortunate situations where you got to really kind of weigh the pros and cons of it it's like do i deal with this nonsense or do i just let it slide right and i mean at least for me i've i've come to a pretty solid understanding of what my tolerance for bullshit is uh which takes i don't know about you but that took me a long ass fucking time to discover where where i should just go "Mm, enough is enough yeah, I, I typically had a, uh, well, when I was developing friendships and things like that, I mean, I, I, I had a, not a people pleasing kind of thing, but I definitely mm-hmm. found, um, uh, I would, when I was growing up, I would, I would kind of chase now and then, you know, I sure. wouldn't wait for the phone to ring. I would always be the one trying to make plans, all yep. that kind of stuff. Well, when I, when I got a little bit older and I guess I started like, and, and music, I started getting, uh, with that. Yeah. I would forgive a little bit more initially. Yeah. But then after a while I was like, I'm not getting taken advantage of. I'm not yeah. like, I'm putting my foot down more because, and I don't care. Like yeah. I don't, uh, I mean, yeah, I have my tolerances there. I have sure. had situations where I've, I've bit, I've bit the bullet played and not because it was like i'm getting paid a lot or anything like that but i was like Mm -hmm. i want to be the bigger person here yeah like at least if you can't i you know if they can't or whatever i will because i really believe in this project and maybe it'll pass Mm -hmm. maybe you know i give chances for sure but there have been moments where i've been like it's just not worth it like life's too short to like be you know and i don't care how I don't want to be careful with that. I don't want to say I don't. I don't care how good the gig is because I, you know, it's, I, my dream gig could come along. Any, but yeah. I have walked away from situations that I didn't feel it would be a good fit for. Yeah, I've I've turned down things that people are like, ah, oh, come on, and I was like, I like I can't. I can't yeah. in good conscience. It's not right for me. Yeah, for and sure. subsequently, the performance is going to suffer you, and it's going to you know, yeah, and, and yeah. no matter how good we all are, but. Yeah, I've I've thought I you know I want to be genuine about that. I don't want to yeah. just like take the gig because you're paying me a hundred bucks or or two hundred you know or whatever. Yeah. It's just like that's that's if I ever got to that point, I just don't I don't know, and I haven't been I I don't know that, I, that I'd like what that would set me up for. You know, sure. essentially, I don't want I never it's bad I, precedent. Yeah, yeah, like I wanted to have standards for myself. Uh, now I do believe in like uh, wanting to get make this my living. Yeah. Do you want to get sure. paid? Uh, I, you know, I've, I've taken gigs for no money. I've taken gigs for, for less money than, you know, we agreed upon usually with apologies from people that have hired me and been like, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, it wasn't more that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, whatever. But I was like, I, I set, uh, in my head, my mantra for a while was, it was just like, you're doing this because you love it. 
And then when it started shifting to something where I had to make it my, or I wanted to make it my career and mm-hmm. do something, I was like, okay, you have to shift your priorities. Like mm-hmm. you have to, you, if you're going to, especially because I had a part-time job, I, now I have multiple part-time jobs and, and I do music. Um, but it was one of those, if I take a night off work, it, I have to yeah, be, yeah. you know, I have to make it worth my while. Otherwise it's like, you yeah, know, if you can't lose money. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that being said, I do do, I mean, there's lots of other things like rehearsals don't cost anything or, you know, usually yeah. or any, um, there's lots of aspects of playing that, that, you know, come with the territory that, uh, you know, sure. but, um, but I still, at the end of the day, I, I tell myself I'm doing this because I love it. Mm. But then it was like, my love for this also doesn't put food in my mouth or yeah. anything. So it, it, it shifted a bit. And I've, and I've had some people bring that up. They're like, well, I can't pay anything, but do you want to do this anyway? And I was like, Ugh. like, I would love to, but I was like, I can't. And they're like, you know, and then they try to like hardball me kind of, or be like, mm. oh, come on. Like, you know, and all that. And I was like, I, you know, it's really hard because I think a lot mm. of people get into this when it, be, when it goes from being a hobby or, or a next, yeah, some kind of extracurricular thing to part of your life that now is like kind of mm-hmm. going to be responsible for, for paying your bills. Yeah. You, I think it's, it's responsible to, to reexamine that and kind of just like, yeah, yeah you to. do it because you love it. But yeah. if you can do what you love and get paid for it and it's like, you know what I yeah, mean? Absolutely. So. It's like, I'm dude, I'm so on the same page. I mean, like, <laughs> pardon me. Like mm-hmm. I, um, I, I do teach during the day to subsidize what, you know, uh, constantly gigging might measure up to, right. but until I can start making enough money where I don't have to teach, I'm going to teach, Yeah, you know? And, and the same thing with, if I'm going to make fuck all, I it's, it's gotta be a situation where I'm going to have a ton of fun and where it's not kind of encroaching on anything else. Totally. You know, <laughs> yeah. Pardon me. which I've totally done those shows, you know, where it's like, yeah, I didn't make anything, but I had nothing else going on. Right. Yeah. And I didn't have to go anywhere. Yeah. I didn't, you, know. It, you know, it was a very low cost, low risk kind of show. Mm-hmm. And it was a shitload of fun. I've had lots and lots and lots of those. Um, I've also had lots of pretty well paying. Yeah. Yeah. They maybe weren't as much fun, but you know, you gotta, Gotta keep the lights on somehow. Totally, right? so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I totally, I totally understand that. It took me a long time to start to develop a backbone. I, th- I was twenty five before I started not being a pushover, which that's kind of old. Yeah. Um, and it, it translated yeah. in getting fucked a few times. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it wasn't until I was twenty five that I decided, you know what, I'm. I'm nobody's bitch. Yeah. You know what I'm no. saying? So everyone's uh, got their path, right? Yeah, like, I mean, absolutely. It's, sometimes it, sometimes it's a defining moment where you're like, that's it. No more. Sometimes it's a, you're just sitting around and you're thinking about life in general, I think. And yeah. you're just like, you know what? I'm going to, you know, I'm from now on, I've had a couple of those uh, pivotal moments in the last even couple of years mm. and I'm almost 40, Yeah, but I've, uh, um, you know, from playing and I was like, what I just now have checklists, I think right. in my head, things that I not, not necessarily a bucket list per se, but it started yeah. with when I made the decision to like lead, like, you know, go on the road. And I was like, I had to give up my job, which was a full-time day job, like, you know, mm-hmm. benefits and all that stuff. And I was like, eh, I've been doing it work for, that was my other passion, by the way, it was computers and, oh, and cool. that kind of stuff. So I. Uh, I left that world that I'd been doing for 10 years right out of college and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm going to hop in a van and tour the country and just see what that's like. Because if I don't take this moment now, I might not ever or whatever. And I was like, and I can go back to that. And I think that's another thing that a lot of people I realized, or I can't speak for a lot of people, um, but from talking to people uh, from a diverse kind of backgrounds, there's a lot of people that 
either feel they can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel really lucky. I, at the time when I decided to do that, I didn't have like a wife, kids, uh, dog, mm-hmm. any kind of, all I had was rent to pay, which, right. uh, and even if I could have gotten rid of that, I would have, cause I would have sure. saved money <laughs> when you're on the mm-hmm. road and you're sending back, you know, your, your rent payments. It's like, uh, yeah, that's an extra couple hundred bucks. Like, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I, so when I did that, it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then, and then it was like, so now my checklist is I want to play, I want to go out for even longer. Mm-hmm. And that, with that first summer, I ended, I ended up going on a six week tour mm-hmm. and then I joined another band, uh, that lost their drummer, uh, a month before uh, their tour, which was another six weeks. So we went back to Peterborough. I was home for three weeks, learned as much of the material as I could through a couple rehearsals and then back out on the road right across Canada again to the Yukon and back for the, another six weeks. Right. And I was like, okay, I just want to keep going. Like I can keep going. And some people, they get burnout, they mm-hmm. get homesick. Everyone's got their tolerances sure. with the road. I loved it. It was like a, you know, a drug. I thought I was going to get sick of it. I thought I was like, oh, packing and unpacking my drums every night is going to be annoying. Yeah. Weeks into it. And I was like, this is awesome. You know, it was like new city. You have enough. I think I had enough distractions to. Right. I, you know, I was drinking because I was part of your job. Like you get paid, but then you also get drink tickets and that kind of stuff. So um, I was very conscious to not party during the gigs. It was always like, as soon as we're done, I'm getting wrecked because we don't have to do anything tomorrow until, you know, maybe drive that kind of thing. But you know, I, I'm not on stage and I I took that pretty seriously, but now I have things like stages. I want to play now. There's like, I've never played this show. I want to play this festival or I've never played, you know, like those are my, my goals. And every time I get to tick one off, I was like, yeah, like that's, that's cool. There you go. Another, yeah. Another accomplishment. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, for, for my tolerances for, yeah, that was something else that came up where I was like, I'm not going to do, I wish I could say it was one of those things. I know some people that they're like, this is my day rate. This is what, you know, to do your gig. I don't, and they're session guys and that's their thing, but they've mm-hmm. built up enough of a, of a, like a CV of players yeah. either through studio work or live performance. And they've got the chops to back it up, to be like, you want me, it's going to cost you minimum 120 bucks. Some guys are 200 or whatever for, and yeah. you're like, that's impressive. And I used to look at that and be like, wow. And now, nowadays there's times where I'm like, no, that's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's not, that's not, uh, asking someone to give up, you know, like four or five hours plus rehearsals, plus all that other stuff, plus mm-hmm, driving totally. gas. That's the one kind of misunderstood still to this day, I think is, is drastically misunderstood by the public when they come oh. to a show and they're like, five bucks. Like, are you crazy? And stuff. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, man, okay. You're about to go and drop like, you know, 30 bucks on, on a bunch of beer. Yeah. That $5 like don't even think of it as like paying cover like you're paying you just bought one member of that band a beer if you like their you know or whatever like that you know and it's a big thing but i was like musicians usually get unless you're actually getting a guarantee where each member is making about you know like a hundred bucks or something like that which is a pretty conservative uh minimum you know these days it is Uh, yeah you know like a lot of places are will do 50 bucks you know 50 bucks a guy now granted those kind of things but but then you like how many, what does that break down per hour? And I don't even want to get into like the financial side of yeah, it necessarily, no, but, um, <laughs> cause that's a whole other, like, you know, rant or, yeah. or, or minefield. Or th- <laughs> totally. Yeah. But I was like, think of what you're, what someone is doing and providing entertainment. Like you, yeah. you're, you, when you go to your job, it's like, you can sit at your desk and I'm, 
I'm blanket statement. Um, but I mean, for example, like you can sit at your desk, you get to go get up, get a coffee, come back. You, you, you have a rhythm when you're on stage. It's like a very tight, like you have a show with, within a, within these parameters that you yeah. have to do straight. Maybe if you're doing multiple sets a night, which is, which is work at that point, you're doing, yeah. you have to play for like four hours, three hours, you know, yeah. not straight, but you get, you get breaks in between. Mm-hmm. Usually two thirty minutes but, if you're doing like a. But it's work. I know. Yeah. It's not. It's not like hey, I'm having the like. If you're sick, you yeah, don't get to. T- yeah, you get up. You have to do it. Yeah. And people are just like ah, you know, like you you make money and stuff. And I was like, that's such an abstract way of like looking at it. Like yeah. you you get that. Hopefully, they're getting paid for their efforts. But no one's really. I mean, apart from other musicians, there. I mean, who will all advocate? It seems to be a pretty good community. Uh, a few naysayers here and there. But yeah. seem to get that like the arts are the one thing that's just like people just have it in their head. I think there's just like, well, it's it's art, you know. It's not uh, either how hard could it be, or <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. or or well, you do it because you love it. And it was yeah. just like, uh, yeah, but do you yeah. go to work every day because you love it, or what? You know, like do you love being an accountant? Uh, no, and I'm sure people some do. people do right, but then they get compensated well for yeah. their efforts. But there are people yeah. that hate their jobs and they do it. And I was just like, but you know, and you still go to mm. your job day in day out. I was like, do uh. you do it because you love it? If you weren't getting paid, would you do it? Like I mm. volunteered for a while. I work, I, I work for the market hall. Mm-hmm. And before I was ever on staff, I volunteered as a bartender. And that was a hard thing initially because people didn't understand a volunteer position being a bar. So people would like give me tips and we just collected them. Initially, mm-hmm. this is how it was. We had a fund and we would put those, put all the tips would go to into a fund that they would later award to a student or, or some kind of criteria to identify a, a winner. And, um, um, and people were like, well, I don't want it, the tip. I want the tips to go to you and, and stuff. And I was like, I'm, I'm just volunteer. So, you know, yeah. and, and, and eventually we made it a, a, a it became a, a paid position, but, but I was volunteering and just like serving drinks like any other, you know, like regular bartender. And then I'm yeah. just like, I guess I was technically doing it because I loved it. Cause I wasn't getting paid for yeah. it, but you know, that's a, that's a choice. Anyway, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's no, complicated. I, know, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. Like it's, it's a tricky thing to kind of put on somebody well you've decided to do this yes i have but you have to understand that most of us have devoted a very large portion of our lives to being any good at this at all like good enough to get up on stage let alone buying gear all the hours and hours and hours all the school school yeah well yeah (laughs) dude i'm i still have what is it it's february Mm -hmm. uh i think i still have Eight months to go on my OSAP, and I graduated in, um, I was 28, and I'm 31, and, um, four, so I'm, four years. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still paying off, I'm still paying off my OSAP, my bank loan's done. Now but, it's just the government you know, portion. Yeah, and, but like thousands and thousands oh, yeah. and thousands of dollars, and that's just for books and, and someone, you know, taking the time to show me how, like what they know, uh, not, not to mention the amount of time it took to rehearse this stuff, all the money it costs to buy all this gear, mm-hmm. uh, the, the wear and tear on your vehicle, buying a vehicle. Yeah. Amber and I just bought a van recently because, you know, it's an easier way to get around with gear and stuff like that. Totally. So, you know, like all these expenses come into it and I get it. You know, any, most people that have a, a job that requires travel need a vehicle, but I mean, you wouldn't ask them 
to take a pay cut because they love it. No. You know, that's that's very if anything, short-sighted, I think, by a, a, a lot of people that are outside looking in. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, uh, most, uh, I did get to work in some corporate environments, luckily through being doing IT work and stuff like that. But I was mm-hmm. like, almost without fail, if there was any portion of uh, a lot of the uh, administrative jobs that required travel, they were compensated for their gas. If, yeah. if the company was reputable. But I mean, most yeah. part, it would be like, well, if I'm driving somewhere, you're paying for me to, cause I'm representing the company. Like yeah. I'm doing your work. So you're, you're paying me. And, yeah. and likewise, yeah. Um, it is smart now when I see more bands remembering things like that. Like when they go, when they're negotiating with a club mm-hmm. or, a, or a, mu- a music venue of some kind to be like, this is what you're, gar- this is what you're paying the band, but we also need like gas money if you're coming for, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and try to get that because it was just like, well, you know, you're employing us. So it's like, it's on you mm. to, you know, and, and there's so that's it. Yeah. Again, that's a whole minefield of, of, of yeah. discussions yeah. To, to get into the business side of, uh, of it is, you know, yeah. music and stuff. It's a little but, dangerous, but I mean, self-employment is tricky. Yeah. So totally have a heart. Yeah. You fuckers. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> that's awesome. Stay in school. No. Um, I stayed in school and I still owe a shitload of money. God damn it. Yeah. So uh, I guess those were my, those were my to go <laughs> to go. It yeah. was a really long way to get back to that point, but it was uh, <laughs> yeah. Those that that's where I started really noticing uh, how to um, how to set and achieve goals for myself and yeah. have know when to say no, know when to you know yeah. how to do that. And I'm I'm not good at it. I'm still learning, but it's, sure. but I've gotten better. Yeah. <laughs> got to You got to know when to hold. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Never mind. (laughs) Know when to walk away. (laughs) Know when to run. Sorry. Okay. We're done. We're done with that. Sorry. Don't. (laughs) Please don't dredge my microphones. (laughs) 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 Yep. Um, so let's talk influences for a little while. Because you are one of the most diverse listeners I've hung out with really like you listen to fucking everything and it's astonishing like uh, a couple of months ago i brought up the seatbelts because mm. um, i had that that shirt that had uh the opening to tank on it three two yeah. one less jam and you were like yeah but and i was like holy fuck yeah of course like it's crazy uh i was in uh, I had gotten into Cowboy Bebop on that one specifically. I had gotten sure. into Cowboy Bebop through some friends that were like heavy anime and, yeah. and 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 lovers, and and I still never went really deep into that rabbit hole. But sure. it was a but it was an amazingly artistic and and beautifully done show. Like it was yeah. it dealt with some really bigger things, and it wasn't like yeah, fuck yeah, it did yeah. So, uh, but the music on that was amazing. It very had that like you know uh, noir ish j- jazz mm. kind of like these you mm. know fusion things going Space on. Space Cowboys, was, yeah, exactly. It was yeah. it was amazing. And, and so when the seatbelts, one of my favorite tracks is actually a remix of that tune by, um, by, uh, Luke Vibert. I, I think I he's a, that version. he does a, he does a tech, uh, like, a uh, it's just more of an upbeat, puts a backbeat on it, just oh, remixes cool. it, but the structure of the song is ultimately the same, but it's one of my, I get it in my head all the time, just his nice. version of it. And it's, and I'll, I'll play it for you. Yeah. But, yeah. But it's amazing. And so when I saw that, I was like, ah, shit. anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, um, again, my mom, I, I I blame or thank or both my mother. Um, I I I grew up in like I was saying earlier a pretty musical household, meaning yeah. that everybody like listened to a lot of music. Yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. growing up, and I was I was staying with my grandparents for a bit uh, out in Fenland Falls, their record collection that was 
generational. So they, that's where I discovered all the big band stuff was right. going through there, but they had old slate records of like Danny Kay, nice. Frank Sinatra. Um, but then my grandfather was also into like country. So it was like Charlie pride and right. Hank Williams and, uh, and then ABBA. Now, you yeah. know, now it was really, yeah. it was pretty diverse. So I, that's where it really started to take hold. Uh, my mom, I would go even now, if I would go through my mom's record collection that I, you know, I have a, piece of the the rest of it is is somewhere else but um just going through the bands that she was listening to and it was just like like the aforementioned peter frampton uh mm-hmm. and then the doors and uh th- there was definitely a lot of uh it's all the sign of the times you know the music yeah. that was really popular then but but the the way that you acquired music was a lot different my Very my much so. the, my family had or my mom had a pretty f- like famous story of like it was just like well uh that doors record or whatever i think or one of them, my, my grandmother had actually just gone into a record store, been like, I just want to get my daughter something. And they would just give, you know, they would mm-hmm. recommend records. And that still happens today. Thankfully, we still have places like, you know, Moondance and Blue Streak locally where yeah. you can go in and be like, this is what I'm looking for. And someone will try to hopefully find something that will suit your yeah, taste. Point you in the right direction. But nobody really knew, you know, in the uh, nowadays, thanks to the, you know, the, all the social media feeds, when an album is released, like everyone knows around the world. Yeah. But back then it was just like you had, a band had to come or the records had to come to the North America, like yeah. from Europe, if, you know. And, yeah, and you had to luck into it in or, a very big way. Yeah, or from the States to Canada and stuff like that. Yeah. It was very... Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot harder to get to hear things right away. Yeah. So my mom was uh, and is uh, a huge uh, diverse. She listens to a lot of things, and it and I inherited that right uh, from her. And uh, again, my music teacher used to have a habit. Um, in Lindsay, uh, we would start the music class off and he would like sometimes just put on a record and we would just listen to a track. That's awesome. And, and, and then we, sometimes we'd talk about it or we'd talk about, uh, certain things or he would tie it somehow into the lesson. But I remember that's how I got into like, uh, you know, um, guys like, uh, Chuck Mangione. Right. It was amazing. And, uh, uh, was it, um, uh, uh, blank, you know, but he had, he had a diverse music collection and it was just like, pick something that he listened to Billy Joel, um, yeah. other, you know, and, uh, even if to this day, it's like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty diverse. I, I admit I'm, I, I'm a total music sponge. Like I love, yeah. and I go through phases where sure. it's like, I think we all do. Yeah. Like, but I, I went, I would go through things where I only listened to, or I was just, I couldn't get enough of like really avant-garde electronic music, sure. uh, drum and bass. I used to live with a drum and bass DJ and, oh, uh, cool. he got me into it and I just was like, I haven't looked back. Like I didn't really, I liked house that those kind of like all the things that were happening in the late nineties with mm-hmm. where there was kind of underground explosion of raves and, and it really hit the forefront. And I said, but drum and bass just killed it for me. And it may be right. for obvious reasons. I mean, it had, you know, drum and bass in the title of it, but, yeah. but I loved it. And I, and I absorbed as much as I could to, I would go pop, uh, you know, for a while. I, nowadays I'm, I feel like I'm saturated, uh, or I'm mm. inundated with, with a lot of pop music. Like it's unavoidable really. Yeah. If you have a radio, you, you're just going to hear it. Yep. So it kind of becomes background noise for me, but then I will actually sit down for instance, uh, Taylor Swift's 1989, uh, like that record I, I played over and over and over again because I was just like, what a well done pop record. Like it's, oh, it's cool. not the songwriting 
is is cool. The you know I, is really slick recording. I think a lot of people like enjoy it. Carly Rae Jepsen's new record, and I'm not I'm not trying to like endorse them. I'm just using them as yeah, examples. Yeah, sure. That's but cool, uh, yeah. but people are like, what? Like you listen to that, and I was like, well, sometimes it'd be like, I want to feel, I want to see if I'm missing out on something, or sure. like I haven't really spent a lot of time. And I feel like it's real easy to just dismiss and be like, totally. oh, it's just garbage or whatever. But mm. I was like, eh, have you ever actually like listened to it or whatever yeah. or to see? So I challenge, <laughs> I challenge myself now and then to try and. Yeah. I try to do the same thing too. Cause I've, I've been so ecstatic to be crazy wrong about mm. a lot of musicians. Uh, two, bi- the biggest that I can think of off the top of my head are John Mayer and, uh, well, I'll talk about that for just a sec. Yeah. Um, I used to think, oh, it's just your body's in wonderland. And I'm walking <laughs> yeah. down the halls screaming at the top of my lungs. Totally. Not crazy on either one of those tunes. Right. And then um, Amber was like, you don't know what you're <laughs> missing. Like, yeah. the, she's like, yeah, that was that first album was a pop record, but there's still some good stuff on it. She's mm-hmm. like, but you got to hear the trio. And I was just I couldn't care less at the time. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be that uh, I think it might have been Letterman or something like that. And John Mayer was there and played Sweet Home Chicago. Oh, yeah, And yeah. he sounded just like Stevie. And I was like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm crazy wrong. Mm. Crazy wrong. And stoked about it. So, we like, we've gone and seen him and stuff. Cool. And we've got some of his records. Not all of them, but we've got a big chunk of his stuff. And then uh, another one that I was crazy wrong about, too, was Bruno Mars. Oh. Uh, the first tune I ever heard from him, and I'm sorry to anybody that's a big fan, but I'm, <laughs> we all make mistakes, you know. <laughs> um, the first thing I'd ever heard from him was um, that Catch a Grenade song. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's all right. Yeah. You know, there's it's, it's decent pop song. Sure. Um, and then the next one was uh, the Lazy Song. And I was like, okay, it's got a little more bounce to it. That's a little bit cooler. And then after that, I heard that um, uh, maybe it's called When I Was Your Man. It all just sounds like, ooh, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Right. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. It's got some soul in it. That's a little bit better. And then he kind of fell off my radar for a little while until Uptown Funk oh, yeah, yeah, came. Yeah. And I just, I came home and again, Amber's listening to it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. She's like, it's Bruno Mars. I'm like, no way. I'm like, no, the, the grenade guy? There's no way this is the same dude. She's like, yeah, he's the new James Brown. So buckle oh, up. He. <laughs> the Grammys was just last weekend, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came out to do the Prince tribute. I heard about that. Holy! I, I was just like, shut my mouth. I was, yeah. I was just like, damn. And he, and he, and he sounded kind of like. I was just like, he's channeling Prince, and he was wearing oh, like the, the outfit and playing like the guitar. And I was just like, was he actually playing? Yeah, like he was God playing damn. Prince's guitar and stuff like that. Shit. Did anyway. he play? Did he play guitar solo? I, it was just kind of like, we were, it was also a, a, a party was going on. Oh, there was an okay. anniversary party. So it was just on in the background, sure, but I, sure. we, we were like, shut up, shut up. And then like, yeah, turned up yeah. the volume and I was just like, what? That's Bruno Mars. And I was like, well, they keep shooting him from below because he's so tiny. No, yeah, <laughs> he's a little dude, but God damn, he's got a big sound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, he's playing Prince. <laughs> like this is, it was crazy. It was, yeah. yeah. So I love that. I like going back and giving chances. Yeah. I think for me, it was a, it was a matter, it was like eating your vegetables when you're a kid and yeah. you're like, I hate broccoli. And yeah. then I was just like, but I'm a 20 something year old person now. Maybe I could give broccoli a chance. Yeah. Like I was like, like, God damn, this is delicious with a little bit of butter and salt and pepper. Totally. On. And I get yeah. that people don't want to do that. Maybe it's, it's comfortable or they've, you know, it's a psychological, you know, truism that you're just mm. like, I, you know, water's wet, sky's blue. I hate Brussels sprouts. I get that. Like yeah. you don't even think about it. Yeah, Why yeah. would you give it another chance? Sure. However, 
musically, I've gone back and I've been like, I used to hate this band. And I've been yeah. like, they're not that bad. They're not that bad. Yeah. Like, or, or whatever. Or they're fucking great. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, they're totally. I like being surprised like that. Yeah. It's, Backstreet it's cool. Boys and the Spice Girls. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 lyrically, yeah. a little bit dopey, granted. Sure. But, goddamn. It's catchy. Like, catchy shit. Totally. And the grooves are just banging mm-hmm. like spice up your life is one of those songs that when i put it on i put it on at work a couple times and we'll just, we're all just like yeah like you know bouncing yeah. around there's Fuck nothing yeah. i think some people it's part of their image or uh, i don't know but i know that they're just like you know there's certain people that like i only listen to certain types of music sure i get that yeah, however it's I'm their just like, i would never listen to you know or whatever yeah. and then never never know and then you've come ac- i come across a friend where I'll go to their house or something like that. And I'm looking through their CD collection and I'm like, what the hell is this? You know? And they're just like, yeah. Oh, I, I used to listen. I'm like, no shame. Like that, yeah. there's no point in being ashamed of you. It's something right. you used to listen to. We all have a copy of big shiny tunes to somewhere out there. You know what? That's, that's a good compilation. I have that upstairs <laughs> and sitting right next to my CD player in the living room. It was or a dining room. It was a good series. They made yeah. a book about it. Oh, something. Yeah, they wrote there a, was some I, great <laughs> shit in there. And that was a big deal for, at least for me is, uh, Big Shiny Tunes 2, I think I was like 12 when I got that record. uh, That was a big fucking, like, Big Shiny Tunes 2, Dookie. Blur. Yeah, right? (laughs) Woo! Yeah. Right? Like, goddamn, that was was some good shit. And it, you know, it really pushed my brother and I, uh, well, you know Devin. Yeah. Uh, It it really pushed us more and more and more. And um, I think, I think the tune's called... Santa Monica? Oh, Everclear? Yeah. Everclear, man. That was one of the first tunes that Devin and I lifted. Awesome. Because, you know, it's just uh, F sharp, and it's just power chords. Yeah. Uh, to, to E. So it's like root to minor seven. And then you do pick rakes and stuff. Totally. And then you stomp like on the pedal and go right. into overdrive. Yeah, totally. And the first time you get that drive pedal, you're like, oh, I sound like a rock and roller. Oh, my God. I'm a rock and roller. And you just can't fucking believe it. And then, I mean, totally. you realize later that you sounded like shit, but, but it's a great springboard. You know, like, God that, damn. That and, was another thing that Nirvana was able to achieve. Yeah. Uh, where later on, but uh, later on, they, they started fleshing out their sound more. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, cut off too soon. But uh, when you compare the songs that are on, like, Nevermind, for instance, even sure. Bleach was like a like a darker, punkier album and yeah, stuff like that. But Nevermind punky. was very polished. Yep. Um, uh, and obviously, like, you know, uh, the production on it. People have written art, you know, like tons of articles about Butch Vig's work on it and how yeah. it's how it's done. But the songs themselves were very catchy, just pretty straight up pop rock yeah, songs, yeah. And, and you know, with a hard a hard rock edge or a grunge, you know, the grunge sound or whatever, yeah, yeah. I guess. But but the songs themselves are pretty not overly complicated totally. because because the songwriting you know speaks for itself. Yeah, and, um, in a big way, and something that. Uh, now I could be totally wrong, but um, this is something. This is all third-hand information. I heard that Kurt was quoted as saying he only knew uh, the chords, or at least their names and stuff, and how they went together at a Louis Louis. Oh, I, uh, yeah. the, I believe it's the Kingsman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's about the long and the short of his theory. And then everything else, he just was like, "This sounds and feels fucking cool." Yeah, yeah. And that you know, sometimes that's all you need. Exactly. Is three chords in the truth. Yeah, you know? totally, man. Like. It was inspiring. Look what the Ramones did. Look what I mean. There's so many examples of bands that just were like, "Why overcomplicate things?" Yeah. And then there's bands like Dream Theater, and uh, you know, and stuff where it's just like, "I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna complicate the shit out of it, or or whatever," because 
they're for different reasons, yeah, but, they, yeah. but they're to achieve a similar goal. It's like yeah. ultimately the songs it's are going to be what they're going to be. Yeah. You know? To produce that emotional content. Mm-hmm. I, at least I think at least for like at the end of the day, that's all I care about. How does it make me feel totally. when I listen to this? Yeah. You know, do I feel anything? If I feel something, it was effective. Whether or not I particularly like that feeling is that, you know, that's a case by case basis but you know if you feel something it worked you know and that's kind of what art is supposed to do Mm. um and i think a lot of people and this is something i've been trying to really live by it's difficult um sometimes but i've been trying to live by the mantra that there's no such thing as a good or bad song just songs that i do and don't like totally although almost (laughs) once a month I'll catch myself being like, this is the best fucking song. Or I'll be like, this song's a pile of dog shit. And I'll go, yeah. no, 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 yeah, yeah. no. Reset that brain. You know, it's totally. like, this is cause, cause it's not correct. And I, and I, I've, I've stopped lecturing, not lecturing, but I've stopped suggesting it to other people because I was like, again, people I think have to arrive. You should just like whatever you like or don't totally. like whatever you like, as long as you're, you know, doing your own thing. But I've, I've yeah. suggested it to people before. And I'm like, I don't, uh, Evangeline Gentle, uh, and myself, um, had a moment, uh, you where I was talking recording with her, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. Sure. Sorry, no, no, no. Go ahead. Um, but I had a thing where I, I was, uh, we were at the only or something one day and I was joking about something. I was just like, Oh, it's like a guilty pleasure. And Evangeline was like, no, no guilt, just pleasure. pleasure. You yeah. know? And I was just like, yeah, like, you know, why, why worry about, I'm past caring uh, to a certain degree what other people think about my yeah. musical tastes or whatever sure. like that. And, uh, you know, I, uh, grow when, as I was growing up, yeah, I went through, I remember Christmas one year I got, um, <laughs> the first couple CDs when CD, when I got a Discman for Christmas yeah. and the, the CDs that my mom got me that I asked for were, um, Bon Jovi's, um, not, not slippery when wet. Oh, uh, why not? No, oh, I'm kidding. Because it was the one that had just come out and that was oh, okay. that, um, uh, it, the, gospel-y kind of title uh, and it had like bed of roses on it and um um anyway it, it'll it'll come to me but that's um, not the one with love is war on it is it maybe. or is that slippery one wet it's been a long time since i've really delved into some bon jovi my mom was a uh, was a big fan of them bon jovi yeah well the a couple of records anyway like i, I vividly remember love is war being played pretty regularly and you know uh, a bunch of stuff off Slippery When Wet. Um, and, it you know, it really caught me because they're really good players. They're all really oh, good players in that band. Hell yeah. Granted, the tunes have a little extra cheese on them. But you know what? So does Loverboy. Yeah. And I unabashedly enjoy the <laughs> shit out of that band for the most part. I mean, I haven't listened to their entire catalog, so I can't say definitively. Right. But everything I've heard from them, I'm like... Fuck yeah, that's exactly what it's supposed to be, you know? Yeah. Oh. He wants to have it his way. The album was Keep the Faith, incidentally. Oh, So okay. yeah, and I was like, what a, looking back, I'm like, why do we, you know, it's pretty gospel-y sounding title. Sure. And then there was that song. And, oh yeah, so that year that I got those CDs, it was like Extreme yeah, yeah. 3. Nice. Um, to, uh, three, <laughs> sorry, Three Sides to Every Story. Um uh, is that the one with uh, uh, more than words on it? No, that was uh, pornography. Oh, okay. uh, um, but this was their follow up to that, and it's a right. it's a banger of an album. I, I, I had a high school friend that was way into extreme, and we used to uh. be like, "Yeah, man, they were they were an interesting hard rock band and stuff like that." Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I got those albums, and meanwhile, this was around the time that I was still going to like 
indie rock shows in right. my hometown. And, and, and I, I, not that I felt like I had to keep that a secret. I was proud of listening to that stuff, Sure, but it was really weird. Those formative years, everyone kind of like put themselves into cliques. You sure. kind of belonged in certain kind of social groups, yeah. especially in a place like Lindsay where it was, it's a smaller, smaller town. Um, at the high school that I went to, I kind of felt that there was definitely a divide between like things like the sport. If you were into sports, yep. which I, which I was heavily. Oh, cool. Until, what did you do? I was into, I was into soccer when I lived in, in British Columbia. Oh, or shit. The football and, yeah. uh. Footies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I played soccer. I went to a couple soccer camps and stuff. And when oh, I, shit. When I moved to Ontario, I, I, I started being like. I actually tried out for the soccer team at my high school, went out for tryouts in jeans. I didn't, I didn't oh bring God. shorts cause I wasn't planning on, and I just ran up and down the field and the, and the teacher was like, he's like, well, he's like, do you, if you want to play or whatever, but some of the, some of the guys I was like trying out with were just uh, kind of in it for themselves. And yeah. I was like, ah, you just don't have, like, I don't know that I want to play on a team with you when this, we're all supposed to be in this together. Yeah, I was yeah, really yeah. into the sportsmanship side of it. Like, sure. Which is something else that I, that I love to this day is collaboration. So yeah. I always, it's not about me, but there was definitely people that were like, I'm just going to score all the points and screw you guys. And I was yeah. like, I get that, but you're not like, this is high school. You're not, you know, on, on the feet. This isn't FIFA. Like, yeah. you know, take so, it down a notch. Totally. Yeah. And so it just kind of put me off. And around that time, I, 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 I started hanging out in the back parking lot with the other, oh. like, you know, um, the other with The other jean jacket Yeah, kids. totally. Yeah. <laughs> started growing my hair sure. and that kind of stuff. So, but I would, I, I didn't, I didn't really understand why I, I would feel, I would need to feel like ashamed of any of the music that I was listening to or whatever. Sure. But I definitely knew that there were people that were starting to think is like, if you belong to a certain scene. Mm-hmm. And you listen to something outside of that, it was kind of not frowned upon, but you would get a, a raised eyebrow. And yeah, I was just like, I didn't want, yeah, yeah, or whatever. And I didn't want to bring that on myself. Sure. So I didn't hide it, but I was, yeah. I wasn't open about it. I was just like, hey guys, it's just like we're all listening to like Dinosaur Junior and all that stuff. We'd be like, do you guys have the new Extreme record? And they would have been like, what the hell, you know? And yeah. so a lot of my friends at that time were <laughs> older than me, so I took a lot right. of uh, music from that they introduced me to, and sure. it, it was pretty all over the place and like yeah. avant garde, all the way to like Hendrix and the Doors and and uh, yeah, yeah. you know um, everything. So yeah, it was it oh was, totally like I was I was kind of in the alt metal scene i guess in high school and i was kind of secretive about listening to a shit ton of don mclean and jim crochet oh and, man and uh james taylor those three especially <laughs> carol king was a really big deal wow. for me too tapestry specifically that record just sit in the dark and just fucking weep listening to that stuff you know you're just like uh, someone comes over it's like oh god i gotta put i gotta put yeah. creeping death on so that they think that i'm hardcore <laughs> you know it was just so like so lame at the time but you know you just it was weird you know and i'm kind of of the same mind i don't really care i only care what people think of me as a person yeah and then that's only if i care about you sure. if i think you're a douchebag. Yeah. I could care less yeah, what, totally. what that person's opinion of me is. However, like I, you know, I give a shit what you think about me. Sure. You know, I care about, and you know, but then again, like, uh, like from my listening standpoint, I really don't care if you're like, really <laughs> fucking this band. I'd yeah, be like, yeah, 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 why not? Yeah. You know, not that, I mean, you're nope. probably one of the last people that would ever do that, but just 
hyperbole when you yeah. when you have uh, <laughs> positions of mutual respect among people that's that's yeah. I, I think you're all on the same page you don't have you can let your guard down a bit you don't have to care or whatever and, and no one's gonna you know there's no fear that, that anyone's gonna like say anything or do anything anyway yeah. so it makes it easier to have that but yeah. uh, I remember going when I, in, in Lindsay I didn't go to a lot of the shows and the scene that was happening there uh, when I got to first be into it there wasn't a lot of places uh to go see shows there was like mm. I, I remember like the armories there was uh, but there was a lot of di there was a huge diy um uh, like recording uh, sort of thing or well, no just uh, people at the at, like the boys and girls club where there was oh, like a venue right, 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 right. and a stage and that's where and and then there was like uh underground shows apart from that yeah. so you know occasionally uh, i would get to you know you'd go see you know uh a lot of indie bands or just mm-hmm. smaller bands that were touring uh, the country, but I would come to Peterborough. It's it's funny enough. My culture uh, I, when I started going to those, being part of that scene was like Oshawa, yeah. I, which which I know still people are like really, and I'm like yeah, but Lindsay, I only had you know Oshawa and Peterborough were the two closest kind of things that weren't mm-hmm. Lindsay to go see, to go to bars and see shows sure. or go to music, small music rooms mm. in, in Oshawa, mm. things like, uh, Eclipse, the moon room, uh, those were huge influences on, sure. you know, bands that are now defunct. But at the time, um, you know, uh, it was like older bands, like, like grasshopper was this band that, you know, used to, mm. used to go see them. Um, I used to come to Peterborough. I saw I saw Sloan from like a very young age. Uh, the Market Hall in Peterborough had and still has like a lot mm-hmm. of really cool shows. But mm-hmm. when I was a teenager, I would come and uh, go to Market Hall and go see bands like Sloan, Thrush Hermit, uh, uh, Furnace Face. Uh, I, those kind of scenes that were they they didn't feel like they were big productions. They were like right. de- definitely a lot more independent bands, bands that weren't on like major labels, sure. and they were touring. Same way that they still do now. And it's mm. funny because I got to see um, Chris Murphy from, from Sloan, who also plays in this uh, outfit called uh, Tons. It's kind of like a okay. super group. Cool. It's kind of like Matt Murphy, Chris Murphy. But I got to go up to him and, and uh, I was talking to him. And I was like, it's amazing to think that I've been watching you do this craft and perform this since I was like a t- like half the age I am now or over half, like mm-hmm. most of my adult life and yeah. you're, you're still doing it and I'm still getting to watch it and stuff like that. And it's, it was just really kind of neat, but a lot, a, a lot of the, the indie scenes that happened in Lindsay, mm. uh, were super cool. And it was just by like fans or other musicians and it was, and, and they had to create it. it, it yeah. no, nobody was going to do it for them. So it yeah. was like, you had to build it. Uh, if you you know if, if you, you build, build it, they, they will come. come. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's totally. Dreams, fuck yeah. But they um little by little, other people would take uh, stabs. Uh, certain guys were just like, well, I'll be a promoter. Like no one you know no one else is doing it. Yeah. I can get access to rosters from promotion companies and just call them up and be like, what does your band need to to play a show? I want to yeah. bring them to to Lindsay. And then I started. And then you started seeing other you know things. Um, I got to play once in my high school band. Uh, we got to play on a, there was a two stage thing. There was an indoor stage and an outdoor stage. And, uh, but the show, and I still consider it, I was like, I played with these bands cause technically it was part of the same event, but I didn't, sure. go, I didn't share the same stage as them, but whatever. Yeah. But the, I, you know, we're playing our, our high school, uh, it was, you know, high school bands, a couple friends bands. It was super cool. And then the headliners were bands like 13 engines, uh, crash Vegas, the Mahones, 
and headstones were that okay. and that's where i that's where i met uh, you know met the headstones guys for the first time right um and the drummer dale uh was an amazing guy and stuff like that cool. everybody else in the band and like i said hugh hugh i think it's hugh dylan right i think is his name from the lead singer he'd had know. a bit of a reputation of being like a hard ass and he was also acting he was in like movies and, right. and, and stuff and was but everybody else was like super cool and be like you want to come on the bus do you want to and i was just like you know, I'm not, yeah. I don't really get starstruck, uh, as such. Like I know people that when they see their favorite band, they're like, Oh my God, you know? And, yeah. and it was like, whether or not I feel it, I'm like, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But I've had many situations where I've got to be around pretty high profile people. Yeah. And even thanks to working at market hall, I've been like, I've seen some people that I'm like, I'm a big fan and I get to be like in your dressing room and still just be like, you're just you're still a human, normal human being yep. with a really cool job. Yeah. And I'm not going to like ruin this, not ruin this moment, but make this weird for me by just being like, you know, like, yeah. and, and I don't deny it in other people. I'm just saying for me, I've never had that thing where it's been like, oh my God, like, yeah. you know, it's, I've fought it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I have unfortunately had it come out um, really like to a, to a degree where I'm embarrassed once. No. Oh. Um, <coughs> sorry, pardon me. Um, and I, uh, I got to meet one of the former singers of, and I'm sorry, I, I talked about this on the last episode, but I got to meet one of the, one of the former singers of Tower of Power. Oh, amazing. And that was, that was a pretty big deal for yeah. me because I'm, I love that fucking band, <laughs> dude. Awesome. Like, I was just like, you stood next to Rocco Prestia and David Garibaldi. <laughs> oh, David Garibaldi. And fucking, and Doc, you know, <laughs> like the big, the berry player. <laughs> you know like so many of those cats that are just icons to me and which is funny though because like um i've you know uh, just same sort of idea like from playing other shows and playing bigger shows where I'll, i will hold fast that i played on the same bill which is totally true yeah, yeah. as some of these big acts didn't necessarily open for them because yeah. <laughs> there's a bit of a gap between acts and stuff like that but you know like i've i've met the dudes in um <clears throat> pardon me I met the guys in Crash Karma. I've met the guys from uh, Finger Eleven, who were super fucking nice people. Yeah. Super nice. Cool. Uh, it's the, an important dudes... trait to have in this business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cats from Airborne were really, oh, yeah. really nice. I forgot about Airborne. Really fucking nice guys. Yeah. Like, apparently that show just tore, like you know, the red when they were at the red. Yeah, the red yeah. show just tore the place up. It was. Yeah, I didn't get super... to see that when I yeah. met them. I was uh, I played a show with them and uh, well with them. <laughs> they were on the same bill right, at yeah. a show in Winnipeg, and um, and they were super cool because um, my brother in law and I our birthdays are a day apart, so and he couldn't he wasn't coming to fucking Winnipeg to see this show, <laughs> so I, I got him a I got him a, a tour shirt. Oh, cool! And I got every band I could to sign it, and um, and I told him I was like, you know, it's my it's my brother's. I I didn't want to say brother in law because it's just too much information. Yeah, yeah, they don't yeah. fucking need to know. I was like, it's my brother's birthday, and he couldn't be here. And he loves you guys. If you could sign this shirt, that would mean a lot. Awesome. And they're like, wow, you're a really good brother. We should do shots. And I was like, <laughs> yes. Because, you know, it was, you know, that day was actually my birthday. Uh, James's birthday was the day before. Um, so I was like, it's I was like, technically his birthday was yesterday. Because as soon as they offered shots, I'm like, yeah, I want to let them know that I'm getting drunk with them on my birthday. I don't know why that seemed important at the time, but it did. And I was like, Yesterday was his birthday. Today is actually my birthday. And they're we like, should do shots. they're like, well, you should do extra shots. <laughs> so they're just, and the the whole show is sponsored by Jagermeister, right? So 
I got fucked. Now, thank God my set was done because I'm very much of the same mind and you already know this. I never get intoxicated yeah. and play because uh, I can't. I just yeah. can't do it. Um, I, you know, other people can. That's awesome. But I can't. I'm useless when I drink or smoke or yeah. any of that shit. No. But uh, I don't even remember at all where I was going with that. But I don't know. Fun fact. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, meeting. meeting. Oh, getting starstruck. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I was, yeah. But, like, with them, I wasn't like, oh, my God. Uh, but the dude from Tower of Power, I was like. Oh. Yeah. And that was a little embarrassing. The other, yeah. just about everybody else is fairly high profile. I've been able to keep my shit together. But that was one where I kind of was like. Oh. I think people are used to it. Certain certain people are are, are used to it. Uh, mm. I got to, um, what was it? I had a friend of mine got backstage passes for us at, um, uh, to go see, um, uh, Dave Matthews band up, oh, in, up, in, up in Montreal and it was at the Pepsi arena. Right. And, uh, I'd never had backstage passes to that big of a show. Right. And, uh, it was just after their third album, uh, before these crowded streets had just oh, okay. come out. So nice. after crash, they, they were, they were getting up there yeah, yeah. and I was a, I was a pretty big and I'm not as big of a fan as I used to be. I still, I still keep one foot in the, the Dave Matthews band camp, which I know people, uh, m- mock me for now and then or something, not mock me for, but you know, they're like, Oh, Dave Matthews. And I was like, ah, eh, whatever. They're fucking awesome. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they're but all it, amazing players. They were at the top of their, like, well, this was like, they were still on an upward climb and like, yeah, like amazing. Yeah. And I was backstage at one point and, uh, and it was, I say this so casually. Yeah. Like I was hanging out with Dave Matthews, no, <laughs> but it was at one point I was just like having a beer with Dave Matthews and yeah. he's such a chill dude and he's just hanging out. That's awesome. And these women come and they see him and they just like run, like kind of jog over. And as soon as they get within like five feet of him, they're just like, Oh my God, it's him and stuff. And then they, you know, he's gracious, signs some things, they chat and these girls are like vibrating, like just like, ah! yeah. and then they leave and I'm just like sitting there watching this, drinking a beer. And then I turn and after they've gone and I'm like, does that ever not get weird? Like, and he's just like, no, he's like, it's always, he's like, you know, he's like, yeah. it's well-meaning and it's yeah. cool, but it's weird. You know, yeah, it's, it's always sure. like, you know. Cause I'm sure like in his mind, he's just like, I'm just Dave. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, I mean, I'm sure it's uh, probably the same thing for you when you get off stage. Cause I know sometimes this happens to me. Like if people that either like people that I've known for a very long time, they maybe haven't seen me play before or, um, or people I've never met that, you know, they see the band and they're just like, eh. it's like, really? Yeah. Why me? <laughs> yeah i'm not that impressive but for and like even more so for for you like people like i've walked down the street with you and just it, in about two hours like five people will just be like <laughs> right and it's like that must be you know same sort of deal They're like that must be weird it is at times it is weird i mean it's only so much that um I don't know. I don't mean negatively though. No, no, no. I okay. mean neither. And, and I, I just can't <clears throat> even remember. Like it just, it kind of picked up steam like on its own. I've yeah. never, I've never really done anything, no, nor that I've wanted to. I was just like, I've never done anything to foster it. I don't, I don't sure. Same thing with like when people bring up, there's like a hat, you know, the hashtag, uh, the the Greco, Greco watch, watch thing, and people will bring that it up. They're like, "Well, you must know all about this." And I was like, "I was like, I I'm lucky, you know. Like I I've done nothing like to foster that except for just be myself. And yeah, other yeah. people have run with it, and sure. I've been like." Yeah, it's a little, it's a little odd. Only because like there'll be moments where a car will drive by and I'll hear my name, and I'm like, I have no idea who that is. Like yeah. if it's a friend, 
I, yeah. you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, or whatever. Yeah, but when yeah. I, when I hear it from people that don't know me, I had, I had, um, I had a couple, uh, women come up to me at, um, at a bar one night and be like, Oh, we need to get our picture taken with you. And I was like, why? And then, you know, oh, because of the hashtag thing, the Greco watch thing. And I'm like, ha-. like, it's just, it was weird to me to think that it had gotten <laughs> to this point now where like. Now a total stranger, or or people that I didn't really know that well, right? Were like, I gotta get a picture taken or with you and stuff, and I was like, um, but that, yeah, it's 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 funny, and I don't take it too seriously. Like sure. I, I I've tried to maintain. Uh, other people will come up and they're just like, you know, I think people assume other people are more uh, involved with uh, their own um, success or fame uh, to sure, a certain degree. Sure. If, if if you've got a name, and and. I'm lucky to have like something that has been, that started off hilariously and has now been, I think like two years old and people will still yell my name walking down the street yeah. or when I walk into a room or something like that. And it's, yeah. it's, it's honestly flattering, you know, it, to this day, like I, I still am like, oh, you know, like I don't, yeah. um, you know, what is funny though is I, not only because like you always laugh your ass off every time I do it and. I kind of do it in the same way every time. I like to sing your name very operatically. Matt Greco. Yeah. Matt Greco. <laughs> and just hold it for as long as I can. But you have a really phonetically fucking pleasing name to just shout. I, yeah. You really do. I and I mean, also, you're, you know, you're a super cool dude to hang out with and you're a wicked fucking musician. So that definitely helps. But I mean, even just for like, as, as lame as this is probably going to sound, just like the palate. It feels mm. nice to Matt Greco. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> I was blessed with a phonetic, uh, yeah, like yeah. a pleasing. Name. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. which is that's sweet because I mean, like Dawson McManus is a, that's a shit rock and roll name. Don't, no, it's a, it's a <laughs> badass action hero name. Like, it's just like <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? It could it maybe not too far from McBain. Well, no, I was thinking of like uh, what's uh, what's the what's the uh, the movie with the other McManus? Uh, br- oh, uh, the McManus uh, brothers uh, from yeah. the Boondocks. See, States. like so I, you know, I did actually jump up and cheer. What the first? I was like, no way! Yeah. McManus has been such a lame name my whole life, and now these two dudes are swinging from fucking rope. You know, it's like just so wicked. You know, yeah. oh hello there, Rambo. You know, like ah oh, man, I love that goddamn movie. See, so there, so it's. it's- <laughs> Okay, it's yeah, I'll, ta- I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take any help I can get because for the longest time, nobody even really looked at my last name. It was always just Dawson's Creek, right? Oh, and like, yeah. I don't want to wait for my life to be over. And I was like, yeah, woohoo. Awesome. But yeah. No, I, I, it's weird. I've always kind of worried that, not worried, I, there were times where I thought that certain things like that were going to eclipse other things in my life. For instance, right. like when I got when I got this mustache, Without fail, <laughs> a lot of people will talk about the mustache. Like I'll be on stage, like the other the other night when we play, and, mm. and and Brandon, you know, Humphrey was on the mic, and he's just like, "Can we just take a moment to talk about Matt Greco's mustache?" And I was just yeah. like, "No one ever wants to talk about like any." It was just again, I'm I'm flattered. Nobody wants I to talk like, about my new T-shirt. It's yeah. just my new mustache. Yeah, or some, or, or yeah. anything. Or, yeah. you know. And I'm like, I don't want it to be that I'm more known for. Well, I don't even care. Like, uh, I'll be even. If, I guess if I can be known, <laughs> that's yeah. a very dangerous thing. To say. They always say like, <laughs> don't say Kardashian waters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like, don't say. 
They were saying, don't say things that can come back to haunt you. Like, one day I'm going to make the papers because it could just as easily be for something like positive as you drove a bus off a cliff. Yeah. And then, like, you know, or something you like had, that. Like so, two kilos of cocaine. Yeah. In with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just, you know, so I always try to be conscious of that. But I was just like, I'm, 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 I'm flattered. Um, I think it's, I think it's funny. I, uh, but but yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't had people come up screaming my name yet. Uh, but but it's really cool to get off stage, uh, like you said, and have people come up and be like, "That was really cool," or "That was really amazing," and yep. uh, or and I've, I had one gentleman come up to me one time, and I was like. I suck at, okay, so uh, to preface this, I, I, I've i gotten a lot better at taking compliments, but yeah. I used to just downplay. I, I would be like, oh, thank you, but, you know, I don't yes. always have a thing. And then a, a friend of mine, my friend Ange, one day was just like, just take the compliment. Like, just, just, say just say thank you. Yeah. It's You don't have to elaborate. You don't have to, like, justify it. Yeah. Just say thank you. And I've so I've, been, I've made a conscious effort to try and do that. Every now and then, I still feel I should say something like, yeah. oh, sorry about that ending or something like that. It'd be like, no, unless someone brings it up, don't worry about it or yeah, whatever, right? Yeah. So um, don't shoot yourself. Don't uh, show your tell, I think is the, yeah. you know, it's like on stage, if you blow a note or something like that, don't do that. Like, you know, because yeah, I know, right? people don't know until you until you make it clear that it was yeah. wrong, you know? But <laughs> It's funny because I, I used to have a really bad tip. Like, I'd be like, fuck. And then, <laughs> then it turned into this, like, just kind of, like, weird like, <laughs> yeah. thing at the corner of my mouth. And it's, it's gone through a couple of stages of evolution. I'm getting better at it. Sure. Now though, like sometimes I'll just like, I'll just start laughing and I'm yeah. like, fuck, I'm like, I can't do that. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I can't, yeah, you know, yeah. I can't give it away. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> I had the same, I, I still kind of struggle with anytime someone tells me I did a good job at something. It's really weird. Um, now I don't know if, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but mm. I have this bizarre, maybe it's not that weird. <laughs> I'm probably not special. Um, in any <laughs> facet, but including, especially this one, I, I think I just with people that are, that really purposely put themselves into the arts, I have this weird nagging feeling that I'm going to be found out as a fraud. Oh, do you, do you get that? Uh, like that maybe one day the town police are just going to show up and take you. Cause I get that dude. Honestly, I get that so much from like, man, I'm, I'm such a bullshitter. Uh, well, like I said, I got into playing drums by, by, by telling people it was one of those fake it till you make it things. And, 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 mm-hmm. and from talking to a lot of other musicians, I'll, I've heard so many stories of people that are like, well, once you're doing it, you're actually doing it, but you're yeah. not, you're not, you're not faking it. You're not anymore. faking it. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, but a lot of people's, especially people that are like self-taught, yeah. didn't go formal training or any kind of like thing. They just sat down with a book maybe, or they just started playing guitar or they just started and they figured it out as they went along. Yeah. I was like, that's beautiful. I think yeah. you develop an organic thing. But um, to, when I talk to, and luckily I've also never, I've never talked to another drummer that has made me feel like I'm less than or anything like that. And I've played right. with amazing Guys that, that, you know, they're just talent, uh, you know, out the wazoo. And, yeah. you know, but like, and, and I, and I'm in awe at their playing. Sure. And, uh, they've watched me play and I know that I'm like, I, I hope that I gave the performance its due. Sure. But I know that from a technical standpoint or whatever, the stuff that I was playing was drastically different. Again, not that it's a competition, but I think if you were to like stack them or in my head, that's what I used to go through. And I'd be like, yeah, man, yeah. you're just, you're amazing. And then, yeah. and to have them come back and be like, man, you just played wicked. I love what you were doing here. Or I love, you get little things like that. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, thank you. You know, like yeah, little yeah, things. Yeah. So when I, and especially from people that I admire, like, yeah, uh, I, you know, when I, the, the times that I've gone to Toronto, 
which is a hotbed of and Peterborough too, but it's yeah, like yeah. a bigger it's thing a bigger, of that where you yeah. see so bigger many center for sure. Oh, and, and incredible talent all over the place. And not just there, but I was like, I got to, when I started getting into Toronto more and seeing people on a regular basis mm-hmm. and I was just like, man, I want to be you. I want to, yeah. I want to get to where you are. And I was just like, how you have to figure it, or I had to start figuring it out. I would talk to people network how to get there. But mm-hmm. luckily I never had anybody that was just like, I'm an, I'm an amazing musician and you're a piece of shit. Like I've yeah. never, I have had good people with attitudes been like, sure. our band is better than and we're the headliners and and, yeah. and and you know and and kind of just diva it up but i think yeah. the real the real joy you know the people that are doing it on a day-to-day thing learned um you know not to burn bridges not to you know you just, you all got to work together yeah, yeah, hone totally. your craft and be as amazing as you personally want to see because it a yeah. it, it makes you a better player yep. it gets you more work but yeah. you don't have to be an asshole to other people do you oh know, for I, sure I, i've i was a big believer in People that tear other people down just to try and build themselves up, just yeah. it it works temporarily, but it always or hopefully it comes back and bites you in the ass because yeah. it was like I don't believe any environment needs to have yeah. something where you need to belittle other people in order to and it just, for whatever reason and to make yourself look bigger or better yeah. and it's just like does nothing you know <laughs> no to- I totally agree I agree I agree I also I also, I, also, I feel feel like that sort of thing at least for whoever's doing the belittling. I feel like that's a band-aid for their ego. Right. And then the people around them can kind of smell it. And they're like, oh, I get it. That hmm. you, you know, you're afraid that you're not a, as good a player. Or, yeah. Or maybe, maybe you've got cold water syndrome all day, every yeah. day. Or like, who knows what? And yeah. it, like, now I'm saying that as in jest. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm not totally. trying to be shitty. I'm just no, making no. jokes. Uh, but you're projecting something. Yeah, else exactly. That, that, right. Know. And, and I don't know, like... At least any time I've ever seen, and I I know a handful of people that do that sort of thing, and you're like, really? Yeah. Man, like, why? Why even bother? Mm-hmm. Why? Like, unless somebody is really intensely butchering a song that you're passionate about, sure. It's okay to be like, like in your head to go, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, yeah. I wouldn't do that in front of people. <laughs> yeah. Probably not a great idea to publicly announce it, you know. Yeah. And like heckling heckling bugs me oh, like I know. whether i'm on the stage or not yeah if so like if i'm just in the audience and i'm trying to have a good time and i'm in the moment with this with this band with this comedian with the, whomever and somebody in the audience does something my dog has pants like those it's like man <laughs> shut the fuck up yeah. this show is not about you you know how i know that you don't have a microphone yeah you know <laughs> like yeah. um uh, so yeah, I've, I've gone to a lot of different, um, uh, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, of the open mics as yeah. you said, and, and uh, of, uh, all over the place. Peterborough mm-hmm. for a while had a, had a few on the go, mm-hmm. but I would see, I, I like them. I know they're not everyone's cup of tea. I've had a couple friends that are just like, uh, and, and believe me, I get it. I, I get, but. I, I like them for the simple fact that they're an equal opportunity for anyone to get on a stage yep. and try it out for themselves. Yeah. And if that person's first experience gets up there and they're shut down by other people, it's just like, why? It's brutal, yeah. Like, you know, I've, I've always been thought of that. Uh, I've always thought of that when I watch shows like, or when I've seen television shows like, you know, um, America's Got Talent or, or American Idol, or American and Idol all and all those things. And I was just like, yeah. you got up there and you bury your soul and you work really hard on your craft and stuff like that. And then somebody goes, eh, it's just not doing it for me or whatever. If you're not going to offer constructive criticism, criticism rather, yeah, yeah. 
I was like, I get it. You can be the asshole. People love the schadenfreude aspect of like, that person just got shut down, you know, mm-hmm. and, and people, it makes for good TV. That's but true. I was like, what if you actually just kill that person's desire to, you know, yeah. it's, you can even be like, maybe this isn't for you. And I was like, do you know how many people didn't even start their career until they got to be in their late thirties and then yeah. they became like, you know, or whatever, well, like music, painters. Bill Withers matter. was cleaning yeah. airplanes. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I, I that, that could be full of shit, but that's what I was told. Anyway, okay. I actually haven't, you know what? I never actually looked that up. Online. <laughs> well, I could be talking out my ass, but from what I understand, yeah. it was much later in life. And I think, I think he was doing custodial work for aircrafts. Yeah. Uh, Elvis, fuck, Elvis. Now that I've said this, I really want to <laughs> yeah. fucking double check it because I don't. Elvis Costello uh, was like working uh, at, for a dry cleaner, you know, yeah. and writing songs. Devlin McManus. Yeah. <laughs> Declan McManus. Declan, not yeah, Devlin. Yeah, sorry, sorry Declan. it is Declan. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. Um, but he was working for a, like a dry cleaning business and stuff and writing songs and doing that, you know, and it's just the notion that um, you have to, yeah, just, I don't, I've never understood what it gets somebody, like how it, yeah. how it, does something pleasurable or hits the pleasure center in their brain to put other people down. You know, like I, uh, I get, uh, you know, it's a form of bullying and sure. Maybe their rendition of like what I got isn't to your liking or whatever like that. (laughs) Maybe they're having, they're still, maybe they only picked up a guitar a week ago, but it's a surefire way of, potentially giving it a chance or putting the idea in their hand that they never, they want to go home and never do it again, as opposed to getting better. It should be an incentive to try and, you know, it's not tough love to me though. I don't like yeah, that no, notion that sure. it's just like, oh, I'm just telling them what they need to hear. And I'm like, no, you don't have to be supportive necessarily. Be like, yeah. just keep trying better, like coddle them. But I was yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. don't have to be a dick. Yeah, like, you for know, sure. it's like, gonna... I mean, unless somebody really has that, fuck you, watch me. I'm going to prove you wrong kind of yeah. attitude, which you have no idea of knowing yeah. you have, or no way of <laughs> knowing rather if someone's going to react that way, you could just destroy somebody. Mm. And I mean, I, you know, at least for me, I kind of have that sort of, fuck you watch this yeah yeah. i kind of yeah. have that attitude a little for for certain things but then there's other things too where i'd, I'd be like you're totally right i'm a worthless piece of shit and <laughs> i should i shouldn't try anything ever oh. you know for some things yeah but you know like for luckily for music i was like yeah fucking watch this yeah, yeah. you know because I, I i and i've talked to a couple of people about this that had good music teachers very young um, I had, <coughs> pardon me, I had one, but it was before I even was really playing anything at all. And the coolest thing that she ever did, uh, for me, which actually I still appreciate greatly because otherwise it could have been hugely damaging. My tongue got stuck to a windowsill oh. when I was like six and she poured water on my tongue and I was able to get it off rather than just like ripping it oh, right yeah, off yeah, and yeah. maybe being a mute for the rest <laughs> of my life. But I mean, I never really got music lessons that I can remember mm. that, you know, like I was six. So it was a long ass time ago, huh. <laughs> but you know, um, it wasn't until college that I got a music teacher or a group of music teachers where I was like, fuck yeah, mm. this is, and even with that, I still have one that was like, you're not good enough. And luckily the rest of them were like, we'll help you get there. We'll help you get there. But this one guy was like, mm, I don't think you're, I don't think you should be here. And it was like, the others luckily gave me enough strength to be like, I can do this kind of probably not. Cause I hyperventilated every Friday into a brown paper bag before his class. <coughs> and then, um, and then I cried Every, every Friday without fail, I cried after his class, but then I would practice all day. 
So, I mean, it kind of helps. It's like, no fucking show you I can play a walking <laughs> line. You know? It's like whiplash, so, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, not, not to that extent. Although, although, like, I'm not going to say the dude's name, but my teacher, my principal instrument teacher, kind of looks like J.K. Simmons. <laughs> so when I watched that movie, I was just like, huh, 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 huh. it was like, yep, <laughs> brought up some trauma. Flashbacks. Um, so, I mean, whenever I think of, uh, I mean, whenever I think of my aspect of like where I've gotten to be with my plane and I'm, I'm always, uh, I'm always wanting to find ways of getting better. Mm. Uh, for a while it was just like, it, it, uh, I think I fell into the, syndrome, the same syndrome as a lot of either uh, a lot of people that have a hobby. They're right. just like, Oh, my gear's not good enough. It's like, you know what right. I mean? So, uh, but, um, then on, when I got to a certain level of proficiency i re- like i i knew i knew it's not you know you, know, you don't blame the tools yeah. it's like being a photographer but yeah. if you can't take a picture with a like a, a cheap point and shoot having a more expensive camera now is there are certain things that make it easier to take pictures sure. absolutely but it doesn't doesn't give you an eye to see a photo that you're going to take or whatever. So it's, it's you. And I, I didn't blame those things, but I was always like, uh, you know, those were the things my go-to. Oh my gear, like my gear's not good enough. I yeah. sound like, you know, I sound like this. And then when I started, like I could afford gear and I would start buying it and stuff. And I was like, well, now I know what I want. I know how to tune it. I know how to take care of it. I know how to get the sound mm-hmm. that I want. I learn from other people. I, uh, like, I don't feel that people are, um, like watching me and, and waiting for me to fail or anything right. like that. Right. Or, 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 or yeah, like you said, be found out. Yeah. I, uh, I've never really, I guess I would downplay. I would like, I, like I was saying earlier, I would downplay my abilities to people that mm-hmm. would come up and be like, wow, that, like you're amazing. And I was just like, ah, but you know, I was like, I, I'm grateful that you think that. Yeah. But I was but like, in my reasons head. Of yeah. why I'm not yeah, what you yeah, think. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I, man, I totally get that. And I still struggle with that. Like mm. I'm getting better. Yeah. And it's funny cause Amber's, um, the way that Andrea told you, just say thank you. Yeah. That, that was Amber. Um, and she's like, and to this day, she's like, if she's with me and someone compliments me, she'll just kind of look at me. I'll be like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like, there's like so many things in my brain. It's like, well, you know, there's all these things about why I'm not that as good <laughs> yeah. as you think I am and all this kind of stuff. And it's, uh, it's, I don't know. But people that are paying a genuine compliment don't, don't care about that other shit. No. Like they don't, they're not walking up, they're not walking up, approaching the situation going, I'm going to say thank you. And I want to hear, I want to hear a diatribe about why you're not, you yeah, know what I mean? They're, yeah, they're not exactly. waiting for you to be like, no, give me 10 reasons why you're not a great, you know, musician. And yeah. like, so people are, it's just a, it's just a way of being complimentary. And so, so should my, or so should, you know, your, um, response i guess you know you're just like i'm grateful you think so that's cool let's move on (laughs) i gotta get a beer now you know or whatever i gotta you know i'm off stage i need to be alone for a few minutes or something i need the bathroom yeah yeah. at least for me yeah with all the water yeah pictures that's that's, i do that's awesome yeah i get thirsty i it it gets hot and you sing too so that's i do you need to stay hydrated for that yeah i there have been times where i forget or i've gotten back on stage and forgot to get a drink and i look down and there's like this much and i'm like "Uh, how much can i stretch like tiny sips of water just to keep lubricated (laughs) i've tried that it doesn't (laughs) for me it doesn't work like i like i really will knock back probably three between three to five pitchers a night um, when, when we're playing, if it's a full, like three, four hour show, yeah, it's about three to three to five pitchers. That's awesome. But, what? Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Um, 
Sometimes it stinks though if you forget to pee before oh, you go back man, on stage yeah. and you're like you're like three songs in you're like no no <laughs> yeah. no no it's all you can think about and you're like my stomach hurts yeah. right now. <laughs> I went to the movies a little while ago and uh, oh it was the pre-release it was the pre-release day of the Star Wars uh, Rogue One. Oh, Rogue One yeah, yeah. So we were we were in the theater and uh, I was like dead center because the the oh, person no. who gave me a ticket uh, just gave me a ticket and I was like well you're giving me a ticket. Uh, and it, it was coming out the next day. So it was mm. a pre, pre, pre-sale or whatever, mm-hmm. pre-showing, uh, advanced screening. Is, is, yeah, anyway, yeah. so he, we were like dead center. He's like, I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan. And I was like, cool. So, um, and then we're watching it and the movie's like an hour and a half or something, or no, like all, all two hours. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sitting there and after the first hour, I'm like. I was like, no, no, this is, you know, this sucks. I'm just going to hold it. I was like, yeah. and then I'm like, and then it becomes a countdown. Like, oh, this movie's really dragging mm-hmm. right now. It'd be bad. Let's make with the action. Yeah. <laughs> so that I can stop concentrating on how, like how far my bladder's expanded. <laughs> yeah. It's about to burst right now. God I was damn. like, I'm an adult. Why didn't yeah. I, you know, I didn't have to go before. Yeah. <laughs> but after I drank the large, yeah, anyway. Yeah, big ass soda. And it's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, why? Uh, what, okay, now let's talk about the the latest recording that you were on and all the all the stuff that you've got kind of coming up. Because uh, I got to piss. Okay. So I wanna, yes. No. If worries. we can wrap it up. Yeah. I yeah. Go. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. Uh. I was lucky enough. I've been a big fan of Evangeline Gentles' uh, work, and I've got, I've gotten to play play with them a few times. Uh. And we we've, we've been looking for ways of of uh of playing more. Right. And. Uh, it was really cool to get up. So basically we went up to Ottawa to go to Jim Bryson's, uh, uh, fixed hinge studio, which Mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, outside his house. It's it's beautiful. It's in Stittsville, Ontario, just outside Ottawa. Gorgeous. It's like, we, we drove up and there's, you know, so much snow. It's like winter country. And he's got this awesome, like, you know, outbuilding, uh, just a stone's throw from his, you know, you can walk five steps to his garage or that's not other the shed that's a you know fully treated yeah yeah uh full awesome setup cozy um amazing set of drums that he had there which was i believe a 1963 uh ludwig kit jesus that uh, and and a couple different symbols i i brought i brought up some stuff we played around with some things got some different sounds and then mm-hmm. um i had to be back unfortunately when, when i was first going up it was like hey what are you doing tuesday and i was like do you or do you want to go play drums and this was weeks before but it was like do you want to go play drums and record some demos so mm-hmm. that um I think for the purposes of uh, sending them to the record label because they're getting grant funding and nice. so they have to have proof of concept. I think it's oh, like yeah, a proof of totally. concept thing. Like a so factor that, thing? Yeah, so that they can get their money to make yep. a full-length album. Yeah. And then, so we were doing that and it was like two days. We spent the night, He like we had dinner with his family. It was a, it was, it, it was really amazing. And, and Ev, Evan's voice is just killer. Like just, just on another world or mm-hmm. in another world. It's, it's, and I was just blown away and I'm so thankful that I got I really wish I could share it with people but I was like I don't yeah. know if these are gonna if they'll see the light of day right now in this incarnation or whatever sure. but the, you know their performance was amazing Jim was amazing to work with um, apart from that I, I mean I was just like I, I went away grateful I just being like I really hope I get to uh, and again I was pretty humble because it was like when you're starting to like work at this level um, for Evangeline I was like I will not be offended I'm glad that you chose me to play drums because it was like um I really want to make music with you and I, and yeah. I really want to give you what you need and, and thank you. But I was like, I I've, I've given an out many times. I've been like, if you get that kind of money and you can afford like anybody you want, I'm not going to get offended, right. you know, 
Right. Believe me, I want you to make the best album or whatever you can. And yeah, stuff. for and sure. I was like, but that being said, I want to make your album. But yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, but it's totally you know. Sometimes it's not up to you. Uh, sometimes it's up to the producer, or it's something that you uh, yeah. you know. Sure. Um, but, uh, I was really happy to go and do that. And then I nice. had to come back to Peterborough. I wished I could have stayed a couple more days because, but I had to come back to Peterborough. I had a shift, right. uh, in Peterborough, uh, that I made it back, uh, a little, I was like 15 minutes late for actually, uh, there was a thing on the highway that was going on. But anyway, right. apart from that, um, you know, the projects that I'm involved with now, uh, I just, I just did a little, uh, a jam session yesterday. That's right. With uh, with uh, with Matt Diamond. Yep. And uh, and Marcus Brown and doing this like dual drummer. Yeah, Marcus was telling me about that. It was it was a lot of fun and I was just like this is awesome. Like cool. it was for me because it was something different. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's unlike any other project I've been involved with and you know it was really cool to flesh out the ideas. It was a first rehearsal and just to see what we could come up with mm-hmm. and already I was just like this like it's just it has. I think it's got legs. I think it's got, nice. you know, potential. It's, you know, something different. Very but, cool. And Marcus and I have talked about doing, um, you know, we talked a little while ago about doing a dual drummer thing. Like, yeah. uh, we didn't know what it was going to be. We were talking about maybe doing like those drum battle kind of things. Like, you know, like the, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. um, Buddy Rich and, and, uh, Gene you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Those kind of things. And I was like, I don't even like, I, I, I don't know if I would have been able to have that because they, those kind of, that kind of drumming was so much uh, it, it, showmanship in addition to the thing. And I was like, right. I would have to work on some sure. kind of thing to make that kind of like thing. But, uh, and then also uh, when we were doing uh, the potentially doing stuff with broken harmony, yeah. or whatever, you know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I, I think that that'll probably still happen. Yeah. 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 Point. But I'm it was sure just, it it hadn't fleshed it out or I hadn't been able to get the timing right. Yeah. Or, you know, but everybody's so this got was, fucked up schedules. <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. The wolf Fox stuff as you know, which yeah. was, which was, which was really fun to, to do. Uh, it was great having a, a group of guys like you and Brandon, because it was just yeah. like, it just made everything else super comfortable. Yeah. Super yeah, comfortable to like, come in. Yeah. Well, it was funny. I saw the, I saw the picture of you guys with Kaylin and I was like, well, well, I should be the bass player for that. <laughs> and I was like, like, I mean, obviously not quite yeah. so like whiny about it, but I was just like, I saw it and I'm like, fuck, I want to do that. Yeah. And I was like, and why not? I mean, I know how to play Like at that point, I, I don't think I'd played with Kaylin at all at that point. Not even at the open mic or anything like that? Or? No, I oh. think it was, um, that was just pre right. oh, playing with him at the I open mic. I know Brandon mic. and I had. Yeah, but uh, you guys did. And that, and I saw the picture of or it. Or even just was... me, like a couple times. <laughs> yeah, the picture yeah. I saw was of you and Brandon. Oh, and I was okay. like, yeah, yeah. well, if Greco and Humphrey are doing it, totally. like, I could slide right into that. Like, S- same thing I with, play with uh, these guys all the time, you know? Like, Sarah, sure. Sarah Fizakerly. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, that's um, right. I, that night that we were do, all playing and I was just like, I really, and I was so bummed when I didn't get to do that show at the school. Oh, at the Steel Center, yeah. Because I was like, I really just, you know, I, I really, I really love her stuff and what, yeah. and, and, and I was like that the night that we all played together, I was like, oh, it's such a natural, you know, yeah. it was just like, it just, we should just back everybody. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, we, probably, we can probably yeah. back a lot of fucking people. Totally. Like it's, I think everybody's know. a stretch, but a lot of people for sure. sure. <laughs> you know, um, I think it's a, it's a cool crew. Um, yeah. but so those things are, are, are the new things. Uh, mm-hmm. like last, last night, you know, I played a show with Diamond Dave and the Smoke Eaters and it was, nice. it was such a good, such a good outfit, that group. Just the, the list of people that are in it's like Greg Marshak was on bass again. Right on. Um, uh, uh, Sean Conway, Matt Fine, Matthew Fines on steel and then uh, Diamond Dave and myself. But 
we've now I think played enough that we just like the songs just keep getting better and better and better yeah. and stuff like that. So there and it's fun to see what we can do when you do solo breaks. Sean and Matt all, or another couple combo when they when they get like solos or whatever, mm-hmm. they they'll either you know you do one I'll do the other that kind of thing and then yep. it's game on like they just yeah. light it right up and it's not like it's the same thing every time it's great sure. it's such good and then but it's also not like showing off it's showmanship but it's not like you know yeah, it's, it's not wanking it's such the music that kind of music that kind of like classic or you know co- and cosmic country kind of thing where mm-hmm. it's just good vibes and then you get a break the 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 energy that's on stage everyone just kind of just like has has fun but mm-hmm. but you kill it and so yeah. like last night it was, it was great and so um and then this summer i mean i've, I've got shows upcoming with um Chris Culgan, cool. That I've been playing with for for years, and and get to go on the road with lots with that with that mm-hmm. guy and and that outfit. I mean, now it's it's the band has evolved into a, a power trio, mm-hmm. but um, but it works. Um, you know, all in some ways better. Uh, you know, than having. Uh, I used to be like, oh, you know what, this needs a like a piano player, and mm-hmm. and I, I still think you know it could do that. Sure, I've offset that by. Uh, I don't mean just in his band or anything like that, but I've uh, I've offset that by. I mean, I've got a, a sampling pad right. that I can add another element, but not add another person. So there's sure. things like that. I'm I'm starting to get into. I've I've started to really see the what uh, electronics and and things like that yeah, can yeah, bring yeah. to band performances or, cool. or kind of using your IT drums. background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. Uh, I'm gonna be doing that a little bit more. I want to start getting into some, some adding some potentially like some triggering things or you That's know cool, just man. to just to see what can come from it. If it makes yeah. sense, use it, and if it doesn't, yeah. don't you know? Don't. It, but man. but it you know it fits into a suitcase, and, and you've yeah. got another instrument that plays itself basically yeah, so totally all you got to do is hit it with a stick and yeah, let it yeah. go right yeah so that's something else uh I'm doing. i don't know this uh this i'm really excited for this year i've got a lot of a lot of potential things and i'm trying to i kind of got over this notion that i would uh i would just wait the only way that i got hired or people uh wanted to play music with me was they would come to me it would right. always be oh i heard about you from so-and-so or someone would get referred right. i never really did any kind of self-promotion and i and i kind of felt um weird about it i was yeah. like i'm not gonna be like i'm really awesome and you should let me play in your band or whatever but yeah, through sure. talking to other people they were like you should just be messaging people and going yeah. why don't you do that or, so i was yeah. like oh do i have that power like i you know sure, what i mean like I don't, I'm, I'm fuck man like more people know who you are than who i am <laughs> and and no but like for real like I'll, I'll come up to people and be like hey if you need a bass player you know, like yeah. I like I won't come up to and be like you should hire yeah, me. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. I'll you know I'll be like if you need a bassist or if you want some harmonica done on something or if you want you know anything where I feel like I have something to add mm-hmm. and it's a project that I think is really cool, I'll I'll put myself out there and totally. if they say yes, awesome, I'll come and do it. If they say no, then fuck it. It you know I'm no worse off than I was before I asked. Yeah, no, that's the that's the fear that I had was the well you don't know and and once it was as simple as acknowledging like if you don't know if you don't ask. So, yeah, exactly. You uh, never I, get what you don't ask for. And there are still times where I've had other I've had other musicians be like, you know who you should talk to? Just send them a message. And I'm like, right, I'll do that. And then I'm lying in bed on my phone, like before bed, going, I'm gonna send the message any minute now. Like, yeah. and, I, and I'm just like, start typing. And you're like, why aren't you doing it? You know, it's really. Yeah. I still struggle with that because I'm like, uh, I don't like rejection like i don't, I don't well, think who, anybody does. no no i know but, but i know what yeah, you, i know yeah. what you're saying like totally honestly man like with with this show i feel still sometimes i feel a little weird about asking people to come on i'm like hey do you want to come on my podcast <laughs> right you know like some 
fucking the squeaky voice teen from the Simpsons, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. like if totally. you're kind of like that loser asking somebody out on the first date, right, and like, right, you right. know that this bombshell is going to turn you down yep. so far. I haven't had anybody say no. I've, I, That's you awesome. know, I've had some people concerned about talking like, cause right. they're afraid of public speaking and shit. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> that's why I like this. Me. It's just yeah. talking to, you know, yeah, we're just having a fucking guy. conversation. Exactly. People are probably going to listen to it later, yeah, but yeah. whatever. And if they don't like what we have to say, they can turn it off. Yeah. Totally. You know, it's like, they're not locked in a room with us. No. And you know, so I, I, and I've been having a lot of fun with it and I feel like I'm getting better at it. And I, I feel like I'm getting better at asking people to be on the show and all that kind of shit. I know. I no, know no. It's like, this has been cool. Like we yeah. have just eaten up an afternoon. Yeah. Just How long talking. You, what, what time? It's uh, 5.30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've been talking two. for what, two, two and a bit, <laughs> <Yeah>. probably? Sorry. <laughs> no, fuck. I don't care, man. Like, I've had I've had episodes go over three. Okay. Um, cool. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. Well, shit. Uh, Humphreys went over three, oh, and right. uh, we didn't even get to him moving to Peterborough. So <laughs> Which Part is two. Yeah. Well, there has to be. Yeah, yeah, there ha- yeah, yeah. I mean, now that being said, there there is a problem where you get Brandon and I in a room. And it's like, hey, why don't you guys talk to each other? Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. just gonna be all over the fucking totally. place, right? And it's the same thing with when I have Bob and Ariel on from a frame apart, uh, which was that was the episode um, that I was cutting the audio for when you first came in. Mm. Um, that was supposed to be an episode because I've had them on before. The episode was, and it, you know, it happened. Uh, we were talking about our favorite musicals. Ah. Uh. But My at least, yeah, nice. That's a good pick, man. I'll I, I'll tell you though, half that episode was dick and fart jokes. Oh yeah, and like classic. Just, yeah, right. <laughs> Who doesn't you know, love a good dick and fart joke? That's <laughs> why I love. <laughs> pardon me. It's why I love the Viewisk universe so much. <sighs> so, totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's sweet, man. Uh, I'm I'm really glad you came out to I'm psyched, man. talk this to me. Really and cool. uh, I, I yeah, I'm I'm loving this. And uh, I've I've got an idea for something that I want to try. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time I've dropped any kind of hint of it. Uh, I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of detail on air. We'll talk about this sure. when we're done. But I got this idea um, that I want to do something with the podcast and with a whole bunch of people. Cool. Um, that have already been on the show and some people that haven't yet. So. Nice. Um, I'll tell you about it when I yeah when I hit pause on this or stop or whatever you want to call it. Um, Lay it on me. Yeah, yeah. Like I told you on Saturday, I love when you're behind me, Mac. I'm here for you on the drums. Yeah, yes. On the totally on the so tender. You're percussive. Holy shit! On that note, the one and only Matt Greco. Thanks, man. My name's Dallas McManus. You've been listening to 646. Have a good night, everybody. Peace out.